Alright, let's do this. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the Geek Garage Podcast. I am your host, David, and this is part two of the legacy of Mario, colon, Super Mario Brothers. I said part two, right? <laughs> it's it's late, and uh, yeah, it's, it's part two of our uh, Super Mario Brothers episode that we knew was going to have to be broken into two parts because Super Mario Brothers is a beast. Oh, right, yeah. Chase? Oh, that it is. Oh yeah. my gosh. Awesome. Um, but... Chase, thank you so much for coming back yeah. and recording part two. Um, oh God, I yeah. I know it's it's been a hot minute since we've done number one. Yeah, but you know it's it's been a hot minute for for a good reason yeah. for sure. Holidays were definitely a factor, and, mm-hmm. and then I got sick. <laughs> yeah, but I'm back on my feet, and I am just glad to be back and. Yeah, doing what I love. Yeah, talking uh, about video games. Yeah, and I mean, wh- what else do you need in life? Exactly, playing video games. And if you're not playing video games, talking about video it's the games. Cure for all that ails you. Pretty much, or at least um, me. Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, before we dive right into just that, uh, I just want to throw a quick shout out to uh, my good friend Zach and our. He's our very first Patreon donor. Uh, he was the first person to, uh, well, I put out a thing on social media a couple days ago that um, we were going to take the first three people that sign up for Patreon and give them a free t-shirt, and he's the first one who's taken advantage of that. Uh, As of this recording, so by the time it hits the streaming airways, it might not be, but it it, it could be. Uh, There could be two slots still open, so... um, even if there isn't, you should still go donate to our Patreon because it's only like $2. Um, there's a couple tiers and there's all kinds of cool perks. Um, if you want to learn more about our tiers and how those work and what the perks are, feel free to just look us up on Patreon or go to our website. And we got a, a big old Patreon link on there as well. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Zach Wills, and he will be the first person listed on the uh, Geek Garage wall of donors on our website, and we're super excited for him to be our first donor and to get donors, period, and yeah, so, uh, but with that, let's, uh, Chase, you want to jump right into it? Yeah, sure. Um, cool. So yeah, I mean, as somewhat of a recap from yeah. the last episode, because I know it's been a minute, um, super quick, um video game industry crashed in 1983 not a very good beginning to our story um it, w- uh, it was fun to go over the history oh that. yeah for sure like yeah. we ended up spending a little bit more time than i thought but it was still fun True. like kind of as a precursor to what we were going to talk about because right it's you know it's pretty important to get into a little mm-hmm. bit of the history yeah yeah if we're going to discuss mario definitely because mario um was a huge turning point mm-hmm. in um, kind of resolving <laughs> or bringing the industry back from that. But yeah, from like really, really hit or miss game quality, oversaturation of consoles, mm-hmm. the computer becoming a staple. Yeah, the game industry crashed in 83. Mario rises from the ashes um, in the mid 80s with the launch of the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, and the rest is history. It explodes, Nintendo then becomes basically the front runner of the industry. Yep. Um, Mario, of course, becomes their mascot, and they start. They pump out three brilliant Mario games on the NES. Um, 
1.5 on the Super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. uh, Super Mario World, definitely. But then Yoshi's Island, even though it's called Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island, Mario's basically a helpless baby. It's a Yoshi game <laughs> right, at right, its core. Yeah, yeah. But still with the Mario World name, so there's that. Um, you know, 64, obviously, was it, like we talked, that was where we ended, was with um, Super Mario 64, which was, um, as with almost every Mario game, a huge revolution in video games um, right. in general. I mean, that was that was basically, it wasn't the first 3D video game, but it was the first one that really captured the magic and the potential right. of what gaming designing in a 3d space could be right um and basically made it the new standard yeah it, it gave you the ability to walk around yeah. and roam freely and mm -hmm. like you could literally just kind of jump up and down and and walk around uh jump around jump up jump up and get down jump yep. around yep uh if uh you wanted to do that for 15 hours that was that was a possibility. Oh my god! And you are probably not even like far off. There were probably kids who literally did that, um, because you know, I mean, God, I mean, a lot of game developers that weren't Nintendo were questioning if that was even possible, right? Um, especially with a character like Mario, who was so at that time so ingrained with that two D pixel, you right. know, style. People didn't think it could even work. Like, how do you mm -hmm. make a 3D Mario game? What is that? What does that even look like? Right. Do you still go in, like, a straight line? Like, you do, <laughs> you know, like, there, it was just, like, you had to imagine that's literally, that's where they started. Yeah. Um, did, did they even have, like, more than, like, up until that point, did did people know what Mario looked like on all, all four sides or a 360 view? I don't like, think so. I mean, there was the... TV series um, that was really popular, but again, even that was 2D. I mean, that was 2D cartoons. So sure. in terms of like a total 3D model like that, no, that was definitely that was his like first time that you could rotate sure. a camera all the way around Mario. So which pretty revolutionary. Oh my gosh, yeah. So that was a gargantuan, and like it or not, um, and there were definitely some growing pains in the industry for, um, because of it. But that became the new standard. Mm -hmm. Pretty much every developer after that had to adapt 3D. Um, as the new standard, because at that point, 2D. I mean, if you look back at, if you even look at the N64's library, there's hardly any 2D games on that console. Yeah. Just because at that point, why, why bother? Right, yeah. right. I mean, there's definitely still merit in 2D games, and they're actually they're still very popular today. Actually, they're actually having a huge resurgence right now. Yeah. Um, which is awesome, especially mm -hmm. on the in the indie scene, but um. But yeah, that basically, and like I said, there were a lot of growing pains with that, and a lot of other mm -hmm. staple franchises tried to go 3D and actually had some serious growing pains. Castlevania tried to go 3D mm -hmm. that, with questionable results. Mega Man went 3D. Like, they practically all did. All of right. those core franchises. Zelda went 3D mm -hmm. with Ocarina of Time. Now, mm -hmm. that actually went extremely well, if you know anything about game history. Yeah. Still regarded as, if not course. the greatest game of all time, one of the greatest video games ever. So right. not all of them struggled with the transition. Right. A lot of the Rareware games, the those did really yes. well. Like GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, right. uh, Jet Force Gemini. But even like taking um, 2D uh, 
uh, franchises and making them 3D, like Donkey sure. Kong. You yeah. know, they took the the staple Donkey Kong Country games and then did Donkey Kong 64, which was this gargantuan 3D game, which right. was incredible. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Donkey Kong 64. But anyway, um, sorry, going off on a tangent. No, no, it's all right. Um, so yeah, I, it's um, a relatable tangent. So. <laughs> it's so fun. I yeah. could we could do a whole episode just on the transition from 2D to 3D gaming. All yeah, that. there's a lot there. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's nuts. Oh my gosh, I um, love it. Um, because it's such an interesting concept to see what franchises made the jump really well and which ones right. kind of struggled to make the jump. Because, again, that was a very, very new approach to game development. For sure. But going back to our main man here, um, that was all basically ushered in by Mario. Mario 64 came on the scene as a yep. launch title for the N64. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was about one of the only launch titles for the N64. But that's really all you needed for a hot yep. minute there. Yeah, it, it kept kept players busy. I, I remember yes. that being kind of a thing. Like, there was what there was this and like... Star Fox? Wasn't oh, no. That, uh, there was this one, and there was another game called Pilot Wings 64. Um, I want to okay. say that was it. <laughs> yeah, day one was like, you can play Mario, and you can jump out of a plane in 3D. Right, yeah. Was, uh, on paper, a little underwhelming, yep. but if you turn the games on back in, yep. uh, you know, what was it, 96? Then yeah. it's going to blow your brain. Yeah, the N64, I mean, I, I said it in the first episode. I mean, it's my favorite console. The N64 ended up having... One of the smallest game libraries of all time, but definitely one of the most quality-driven mm-hmm. ones. Yes. So it's, it was definitely a console of quality over quantity. Absolutely. Big time. Yeah. Um, That's know, why it's my favorite console, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, gosh, the, the list of games on the 64 is just it's staggering, um, especially Nintendo's first party, mainly because they lost a lot of third-party support because they were the only console at that time that were still using cartridges. Right, um, yeah. A lot of consoles were going to discs at that time. That was the console placed entered the market and that stole a lot of competition right um famously uh, stole final fantasy up to that point final fantasy had been on this on the super nintendo the nes and snes that's right um and they were actually developing final fantasy 7 for the n64 but then you know they had these grand aspirations for that game Mm. and um the n64 just couldn't do it yeah the the cartridge mm -hmm. uh, i guess couldn't hold the technology yeah and that's why it, it went to playstation and from that then on Stayed with PlayStation. Um, Sega did the Sega Saturn. Mm-hmm. Oof. Um, <laughs> yeah. Didn't do hot at all. Was it, uh, um, was it the Sega Saturn and then Dreamcast? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sega Saturn was that era, and man, the Sega Saturn flopped hard. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's really staggering because the Genesis was so successful that one generation before. Right. But that transition, though, they just... When Nintendo went 3D and then PlayStation came on the scene with like cutscenes and voice acting and right. all of these things that could now be included because they had all that disk space. Yeah. Um, man, the Saturn just couldn't find its footing anywhere mm-hmm. in there. So it really, really struggled, which also means it's one of the hardest systems to collect for nowadays. Yeah. It is ridiculous do you do you have anything personally no. for the Satan <laughs> no because most Sega Saturn games are in the hundreds of dollars a piece oh okay a piece Yikes. um I mean yeah you're there's not many Sega Saturn because it flopped so hard they didn't ship that many games sure yeah um so consequently there's just there's just not that many fish out in the sea yeah so that makes sense oh my gosh I mean you know and and the best games on it you know Panzer Dragoon Saga is like a super famous game that's on the Saturn 
um, easily runs on eBay for seven to eight hundred bucks. Wow. Mm-hmm, for a complete copy, it's staggering. Crazy. So, anyway, so that brings us up to speed. So Mario's in 3D now. Mm-hmm. Sort of. <laughs> That's why it's kind of funny. So technically, the next um, in the timeline here, the next Mario game is actually um, on the Game Boy Color. Right. Um, and yeah, that was definitely a thing that they were really pushing um, uh, at around this time. Um, so, um, also some of the most confusing game titles ever. You get to see like Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3, and you're like, (laughs) it's just like, it's such kind of a mess. Yeah. The way they numbered them. Right. Yeah. When I was, (laughs) when I was making my notes, I was like, I was caught, I I didn't even bother like trying to make sense Mm -hmm. of it. I was just like, okay, find, find it in chronological order. Right. And don't don't worry about the console. Just you know whatever console it yeah. is, put it in chronological order. And then all of a sudden, right after the sixty four came up with a lot of uh, the you know Game Boy Color game, and then Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Advance, GameCube, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Advance. And and I was like, I was looking at it like, and just like you said, it's like what what the hell is going on? Well, what's so confusing too is they did it the the order they released them was so kind of wonky. They did the mm-hmm. original Super Mario Bros. They called it uh, Deluxe, I think. Was that? Yeah, Super Mario Bros. Yeah. Deluxe. Um that was the only one on the Game Boy Color. Um so they did that one first, which made sense. And then on the Game Boy Advance, they did the next one which is Super Mario Bros. 2. Um the one the American version, not the Lost Levels Japanese sure. version that we talked about. Um but then they just skipped Mario 3 for whatever reason, which I assume made a lot of people angry because that's most people's favorite right. Mario 3 right. or like NES yeah. Mario game um, and went straight to Mario World, which is great because that's also one that people definitely wanted on the go, mm-hmm. um, but totally skipped Mario 3. And then from World, then they ported Yoshi's Island, mm-hmm. then finally got around to mario 3 so it was really weird the way that they released them yeah that is kind of odd uh going in in that particular order uh one question i was gonna ask what so i don't know if i've ever i own i distinctly remember owning the game boy for Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. i don't think i ever owned a game boy color or Mm -hmm. a game boy advance uh i own the regular game boy and then a game gear right but uh, so what do you know the difference between the Game Boy Color and the Game Boy Advance? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um. So, basically, the um, you know, the original Game Boy was essentially a portable NES. Um, that was about the graphical level that it was capable of. Okay. Um, and of course, it was also monochrome. Um, you basically had a green screen, and you had varying shades of black and gray and that was essentially your color palette sure on the original game boy so mm-hmm. the game boy color was essentially the same thing right but with color with color yeah right but base but graphically it was still about the same ballpark right so basically the suit the uh the game boy advance was essentially a, a, a super nintendo mm-hmm. a portable super nintendo yeah so uh much um much more a much larger color palette uh, and much more pixels they could do. So instead of 8-bit games, they could do 16-bit games. Gotcha. So that's why you started seeing Super Mario World and Yoshi's Island. You, st- you saw a lot of SNES ports come to the advance. Gotcha. That that makes sense. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, yeah, just better graphics, basically. Cool. Is the, the big difference there. Yeah. So, yeah, um, 
otherwise, I don't know a ton about them because um, at that point, you know, I, I played the OGs mm-hmm. on the NES and the SNES. Um, sure. And so I didn't really have to play the handhelds. Um, it's great that they're there, especially at the time. That was right. a big deal. Um, that was a lot of people's entry point to a lot of those games. Right. Um, uh, so, I mean, yeah, it, it's a, it was a great move for Nintendo, a very obvious move um, mm-hmm. with the Game Boys. Um, one, one thing that I, I just thought of, it did it did Nintendo kind of like halt uh, production on like the, the original NES and SNES at this time and and that's kind of what spurred the, uh, the 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 push to make all these games for these handheld devices or was it was it were they still making those consoles and oh, they yeah. just wanted to kind of push themselves to make them for the oh, yeah. for portable well yes and no yeah you're yeah um so they were they were they've always pushed their consoles to like the last day so um they never halted the consoles necessarily okay um but I think you are correct in that a lot of these pops and like you know these explosions of like ports and things like mm-hmm. that I think Generally speaking, yeah, those are usually towards the tail end of a console. So maybe when sure. like the NES or the SNES is starting to kind of run out of steam, mm-hmm. and you know, that's maybe losing some of its luster, then they would kind of hit the Game Boys, right? Much harder, right? Know. Be so, like, hey, how about you take it on the right. go? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you know, I, I, I don't know if that's like, I don't know if that's exactly right, but sure. I feel I'm pretty sure. If I remember the years that like the Game Boys came out and stuff like that, I think I'm pretty sure that's a pretty safe assumption. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely remember like when the 64 came out. Like obviously, very few people <laughs> had interest in in backpedaling. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. considered like super retro as it is now right. to to get your hands on a, an original S, uh, NES or right. an SNES because mm-hmm. it was still relatively quote unquote recent back right. in 96. Right. So they were they were looking uh, at that point for the next best thing. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean the Game Boys, the Game Boy games are great for what they are, um but the the first big Mario game the, that we talk about today um following super mario 64 is super mario sunshine right which i love talking about sunshine because cool. it's a very Be- interesting game yeah because i <laughs> i'm glad you like talking about it because i know little to nothing about it um yeah it's oh my gosh there's a lot to unpack with sunshine um and i'll try and keep my tangents a little brief for this time i know i really no I that's got, all right i got into all the, the nitty-gritty last no time. Uh, like i said all this information <laughs> is great you know it, a lot of it is is stuff that sure you know sure. I, I i don't know and it's more fun to hear it from you and you do such a, a a much better job at what i can read off of wikipedia well, I appreciate um that. and i'm sure it's much more um, that's fun for me to set do in stone uh, as far as like the truth goes coming from someone like who takes think. gaming so seriously oh my gosh it's kind of my thing so um what's interesting so first of all so up to now basically all of your big mario all your big nintendo consoles have been launched with a mario game mm-hmm. that's that was a staple of mario consoles or nintendo consoles so of course the nes was launched with super mario brothers the Super Nintendo was launched with Mario World, and then the 64 was launched with Super Mario 64. Right. Um, the GameCube was the first game to not do that. The GameCube actually launched with a Luigi launch title. Luigi's Mansion sure. was actually, to somewhat of the chagrin of some people, you know, everyone wanted the next big Mario game. Right. Um, 
but nonetheless, um, yeah, so interestingly, Super Mario Sunshine um, was the first big, like, um, 3D um, Mario game to not be a system launch title. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, which not, not not to discredit Luigi's Mansion, Luigi's Mansion is fantastic. That's right. a great game. Um, but anyway, so yeah, um, Sunshine was not a launch title, but when it did drop, to this day, it's still definitely probably the most divisive Mario game. Yeah, people um, either love it or they hate it. Basically, there's not much middle ground. <laughs> I am definitely in the love it category. As okay. I tend to be with games, I'm very sure. lenient. I enjoy most everything. A game sure. has to be seriously broken for me not to get <laughs> something out of it. Sure. Um, but, you know, but you also have to understand, I mean, look at the act that it was following. You know, people were had Super Mario 64 in mind. Mm-hmm. Which was revolutionary, as we've talked about. So uh -huh. they there were some seriously high expectations for the next 3D Mario game. So they unveiled Super Mario Sunshine, and come to find out, it's the whole game is sort of centered around this tropical theme, this like tropical paradise getaway thing. That's sure. why it's called Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah. So whereas basically all the Mario games before it, um, level wise, were completely like disparate you know you had like you jump in one painting it would be like a snowy world and then you jump right. in another painting and it'd be like dire dire docks which was like a water aquatic totally different yep and then you jump in another painting and it'd be like tiktok clock which was literally just a giant grandfather clock that you had to climb up and stuff right so you know it was beautiful in that way um and even before that like super mario world you had like the snow world mm -hmm. the desert world you know that goes all the way back to like mario 3 um so you had all these sort of disparate worlds in Mario games, but that was sort of part of their charm. Yeah. Was just all these, you know, how completely vast and different all these different um, playgrounds were that you got to jump in and run around in. So Super Mario Sunshine kind of comes along and sort of anchors it in this one central motif. So instead of having all of these different environments and worlds and things like that to explore, you were always in this tropical paradise world, hmm. which isn't necessarily a bad thing though because what's so cool about it it almost grounds it in a sense of realism to so to speak okay so since you're on this tropical paradise that means instead of jumping into paintings and you're 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 popping out at like cloud worlds and rainbow worlds and stuff like that literally um you were um at of course you were on tons of beaches but you were also at the harbor of the island and then you'd go over to the theme park on the island and then you'd go to the hotel and those were all of your worlds actually so instead of all these disparate you know not not like disconnected pieces um it was all much more cohesive which um some people really cite that as a major strength because whereas um you know some people with like Super Mario 64, it feels almost too disconnected to some people. I think it's part of the game's magic, but some people feel it's a little bit too disjointed and too disconnected. Right. Sunshine is much more a whole. You, okay. see, you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's all, that makes sense. You're in this world and you get to really um, immerse yourself in this place. It's called Isle Delfino. Um, and it's really, and it's kind of um, quirky in its presentation. Um, it actually has a bit more of a story Okay. Um, then we had seen in Mario games up to that point, um, Mario and Peach are actually on their way to go on vacation. Um, and then they get there and they get to Isle Delfino for their vacation. 
and this Mario lookalike, this Shadow Mario, mm-hmm. is like wrecking the whole place and like of course. painting graffiti on everything. So they arrest Mario, thinking that he's the one that's been doing it. Sure. And then they like charge him with the crime and make him clean up the whole island. <laughs> um. So it's kind of cheeky like that, you know. Yeah, like yeah. it's got a little more humor to it and a little more story to it. Um. Um. There's this really strange. Um, like family conflict that's happening between Peach and Bowser's son. Um, so okay. this is actually yeah okay so yeah because this is the first game that Bowser Junior made his debut in. Sure. So um, not to be confused with Baby Bowser from Yoshi's Island. That right. was Baby Bowser. Yeah. Same Bowser we know and love. Um, Sunshine brought in Mar- uh, Bowser's son, Bowser Junior, mm-hmm. um, who's adorable, and I love Bowser Junior. Um, but yeah, it's so weird. The whole game, Bowser Jr. thinks that Peach is his mom. And so he's trying to, that's kind of like his, that's his reasoning for wanting to like capture Peach so that they can all be a family again. And like, it's, it's different. All right. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, so Mario has to clean up the island and to do that, you actually find the game's companion character because most 3D Mario games, not all of them, but most of them, typically you have some sort of companion character. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 64, it was actually the Lakitu bro who was holding the camera. Okay. You know, who's basically traveling with you the whole game, you know? Right. Uh, and in this case, it's his water cannon called Flood, spelled F-L-U-D-D. I can't remember what that's, it's an acronym for something. I can't okay. remember what it is. Um, but, um, yeah, Flood is this kind of AI, it can talk and it kind of sounds like an AI computer. Um, and yeah, so that's your, that's sort of your companion character and he wears it on his back the whole game. Right. Um, so you can use it as a gun, you can spray water on enemies and spray it on graffiti and stuff like that. And you can also flip the nozzle downwards and use it as like a jetpack. Okay. So you have a much broader mobility spectrum than you've had in recent, in like, in Mario games before. Sure. Um, uh, so it was super cool. It kind of helped with some platforming sections if you really struggled. Um, you know, you could do your regular Mario jumps, but then if you didn't quite make it, you could use your nozzle right. to kind of glide you That's that, neat. that extra little bit further. And then there were all sorts of like temporary nozzles that you could equip that was like a rocket nozzle that would like shoot you up like a rocket there yeah. was like the um the speed one that made him like burst really really fast and you'd run really really uncontrollably fast um so yeah so that was sort of this main this game's main gimmick for like i hate that word but essentially you know gotcha that, that was like that that big hook you know that that big new innovative gameplay right. element uh was flood um, so that was super cool. Also, um, contrary to Super Mario 64, they brought Yoshi back as a playable character. Um, in Super Mario 64, you only got to see Yoshi if you beat the game 100%, if you got all 120 stars. Oh, wow. That was the only way you would get to see Yoshi. If you got that 120th star, um, then you get to go up on the roof of Peach's castle and you could get to see Yoshi and then he'd give you like a butt ton of lives and that was it i mean that was all the, right that was the extent but it was a cameo but that was it um and so this was the first time in a 3d game that you got to actually interact with yoshi in a 3d environment and it was super cool the way they implemented him because you're still riding yoshi like he does in like super mario world which is mm-hmm. awesome um but since you're in this tropical place there's like fruit all over the place you know what i mean like there's tropical fruit everywhere right and depending on what fruit yoshi um eats he can like spit out the goo from that fruit 
as like his own sort of projectile. Sure. Um, yeah. And it was just so, oh, it was so great. Um, so anyway, yeah. Um, so I mentioned before, though, um, it is definitely probably the mo- it's probably the most divisive Mario game. Definitely, probably. Um, uh, and, you know, some people, well, first, a lot of people complain about the camera. But that, I mean, that was a staple of that whole era. I mean, mm-hmm. even by that point, even by that console, you know, even though we were a console into the 3D, you know, yeah. mindset, I mean, they were still figuring that out in a lot of ways. Sure. I mean, there were still, you know, gosh, you play a... Breaking P- new grounds. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you still play, like, PS2 games or original Xbox, I mean, there's, there's you know... Some camera, quirks, yeah. Yeah, camera control was still a thing that they were still kind of coming to grips with. Right. So, you know, that's just a product of its time. I don't really... And I actually don't remember struggling too vehemently much with it. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so, the you know, another thing that people sometimes take issue with, um, there are some relatively frustrating or to some people not relatively frustrating mini game levels okay um so there's some mini game levels that can be absolutely brutal mm. um because this is a mario game and with mario games you always have a finite number of lives depending on how many of those green mushrooms you find right um so a lot of these mini game and some of these mini mini games were so long like it took forever to, to get to them Mm-hmm. So if you got to them, and of course you were going to struggle with them because they were challenging, way more challenging than some of them needed to be. Um, and if you lost all your lives, then you had to make the whole trek back to the minigame. Right, yeah. That sort of thing. So that was, you know, oh my god, anybody that's played Super Mario Sunshine, if you say the word pachinko game, oof, that kind of sends a shudder down, <laughs> down the veteran's spine because yeah. there's, a, there's this giant pachinko game mm-hmm. oh my god it's it's kind of infamous for being like one of the most infuriating mario levels like of all time um i actually didn't struggle too incredibly bad with it from what i remember um i think i got lucky but um yeah um but otherwise i mean oh it was the first mario game to have voice acting oh, okay yeah which that's big yeah luckily mario wasn't it's almost like the legend of zelda link even with the most recent game with voice acting link Mm -hmm. still doesn't talk yes that same sort of thing all the other characters talk now peach bowser um there's this little toad character called toadsworth who's beautiful um (laughs) they're all fully voice acted at least in the cutscenes. um except mario mario is still kind of limited to his let's go and his like just little fragments that he's always said forever um, but that's it. And I'm very glad that they kind of kept it that way. Cause I can't imagine Mario just having like a full conversation with somebody. That right. Just seemed, like we've been with silent Mario for so long now. It, it yeah. would just seem kind of weird to hear Mario just like have this whole conversation with somebody. Sure. So yeah. We- I, I can definitely see that. Like <laughs> right. it, it would, I mean, I'd be interested to see what, it, what it's like just for mm-hmm. clarity's sake, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, it, it it probably is one of those like better in small numbers, um, kind of kind of things. Right. I mean, there's just you know, or more, uh, less is more. It, it's 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 a double edged thing. Like I I always want to hear his like his little quirky fragments that we know him saying. You mm-hmm. know, um, but I, yeah, I think there's like a line there. Like don't go any further than that. But sure. the rest of the cast is fully voiced. 
um, for better or worse. Um, uh, and that's from an era that's just known for really not great voice acting. Yeah, oh my yeah. God, especially Bowser. Oh, the guy who did Bowser. I don't know who did Bowser's voice, but... Oof. No bueno. It's just... It's... Yeah. Leave it, something to be desired. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, really, aside from like, you know, some camera controls that are a product of its time, a couple of frustrating minigames, and some less than Oscar-worthy voice acting, um... It's it's a brilliant. I I love the game because, like I said, it's probably the most cohesive Mario game in terms like in them like thematically, um, it all being rooted in that sort of tropical paradise. Right. Um, because what's cool is they take that one motif and they do so much with it, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's really fun. Even though you have like a couple of different like bay, you know, levels where you're on like Noki Bay and then you're on yeah. this bay. The, they're so different. They each have their own style and theme and everything that makes them different of course then you have some really out there levels like the the um the theme park called peanut park which is an awesome level okay um the hotel is a great level and then corona mountain is this like volcano that's in the middle of the um island sure um that's where the final boss is so i mean i i love super mario sunshine and one of the coolest things so i told you about flood um which you know a lot of players um, it was helpful, but it, you know, could also be used as a crutch if you weren't particularly good at platformers. Right. A lot of players would use it as like a crutch. If you don't make the jump, then you can just hold it down and mm-hmm. you know, you can kind of glide the rest of the way. But what's right. cool is in every level, um, there's these secret areas, these secret courses, right? Um, where Shadow Mario comes in and actually takes Flood away from you because Nintendo mm. loves doing that. <laughs> Nintendo loves giving you this ability that you get really good at using and, and, you know, you kind of depend on it and then taking it away and see if you've actually <laughs> learned, you know, see if you've actually been like sure getting good at the game. Right. Or, um, or just relying on that crutch. Right. Like yeah. they love to test you like that. And it's cool because it's rewarding because then you make sure that you're, you, you don't crutch yourself. You make sure that it's there is just an extra thing, not a God. tool. Feels like that's way too much thought to be put into into video games, but it's smart. It's it's brilliant. Yeah. And so you go into these secret courses and you have flood taken away, mm-hmm. and they are these um, they're all these geometric like it's this very kind of minimalist um course where it's like rotating blocks and rotating mm. cubes and very simplistic platforming, but very specific. Um, and you had to do it without flood. Um, that was a uh, that was a big seed right there that um, would later blossom into what would become Mario Galaxy, actually, okay. in a lot of ways. Those levels um, with the, sort of the, the, the geometric look, just the feel of those levels, you can definitely, having played Mario, I'm actually replaying Galaxy right now, um, you can definitely see where that seed was planted when they were designing right. those levels. Um, so yeah, Super Mario Sunshine, um, it is divisive. Um, but I definitely, I love it. Some people, you know, will say like, it's a good game, but it's not a great Mario game right? sort of thing. Like if you'd put any other mascot or character in that place, mm-hmm. it would have held up much better under scrutiny. It's just because it was following Super Mario 64 and it's maybe not quite right. what people were expecting at the time. Um, that may have led to so much of the divisiveness. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Right, because when you look at the game on its own merits, it's it's brilliantly constructed. The level design is, of course, it's Nintendo. Yeah, you know they're they're geniuses with this sort of thing. Um, 
I mean, it, it's just it's Nintendo at their finest at the time. So um, I I recommend Super Mario Sunshine wholeheartedly. Fingers crossed for a Switch remaster. <laughs> Get on that Nintendo. <laughs> um, so anyway, so yeah, that was Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah, I'm always up for the Nintendo Switch doing more N64 games oh, yeah. and, and GameCube games. Please but, and thank you. Oh, please. Yeah, they've been really hesitant up to now to do that. So yeah, I hopefully all in good time. I might, um, you know, we were talking about Animal Crossing mm-hmm. uh, the other day during lunch. And like, I've never played it before, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the idea and the sound of it kind of makes me want to get a Switch now. So oh. I can, I don't know if it's yeah. going to be an, a huge issue <clears throat> getting your hands on a Switch or particularly this the Animal Crossing the themed. Special, yeah, yeah the, the special edition. Um, they're getting hard to get a hold of. Yeah, it, they've already it, sold out of pre-orders. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it seem definitely seems that way. Yep. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's it's gonna break my heart to get a special edition one. I, I've never really been that kind of person who's just like gotta have it. But eventually, I like a right. Yeah, um, he, you are definitely that person. <laughs> um, are, are you gonna get the special edition? Oh, or did at you, some or, point. Oh okay. yeah, maybe not day one, but eventually. Sure. Yeah. yeah, you think they'll they'll keep making them for for a little bit i think so i almost hope they release some of the parts of it separately um i'm not sure they're doing it that way in japan um where you can get like the joy cons separately oh sure so you don't have to buy the whole console again right that makes sense um i don't know if that's gonna happen in america though hopefully fingers crossed it'd be great if i could kind of buy it in chunks rather than just having to buy another 300 dollars (laughs) switch right yeah you know what i mean that that would be convenient (laughs) yeah yeah sure awesome so anyway so yeah, so you had Super Mario Sunshine, which was a thing um, I consider a good thing. Uh, so chronologically, next we jump ahead um, a couple of years. So the, uh, Nintendo's next handheld launches, um, which is the Nintendo DS mm-hmm. for dual screen. Yeah, um, if anyone ever wondered, um, makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, and of course, um, I can't remember if it was a launch title or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mario was launch. Yeah. So the DS launches with Super Mario sixty four DS. Mm-hmm. Um, now, contrary to the Game Boy games, though, this was a much. This was a different game from sixty four as everyone knew it. Um, so uh, I'm trying to keep it somewhat brief. Um, so the biggest thing that Super Mario 64 DS added was three new playable characters. Okay. Um, they added Luigi, Yoshi, and Wario, actually. Okay. Interestingly. Um, and so that was definitely one of the biggest. And so, you know, it's funny, like I was talking about how the Game Boy was sort of like the any a portable NES. The Advance was essentially like a portable SNES. So the Game Boy, they were sort of tout, or in the DS, they were sort of touting as like a portable 64 essentially and what better way to show that off than literally bringing super mario 64 to the ds right as like a day one thing just to you know demonstrate this is what it can do this is a big deal 3d gaming on the go which was a big deal yeah um yeah it's definitely an interesting launch title instead of mm -hmm. like an an og you know doing right doing a, a remake of of a classic game right so uh, it's definitely an interesting choice mm-hmm. as, a, as a launch title. Yeah. So yeah, and what and what's so interesting is the changes they made to it. Um, some people will argue for the better. Um, you know, the, the the playable characters definitely kind of 
um, is, is a really interesting inclusion to the point where actually you don't even start the game as Mario. You actually start the game as Yoshi. Hmm. And you have to find Mario. That's an interesting choice uh-huh. considering you get like 10 seconds of uh-huh. Yoshi uh, in the, the Ex- original. Exactly, right? Yeah. And that, it's, it's crazy. Kind of comes full circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, he, he wanted that limelight. Yeah, it, right. <laughs> snubbed from him. Um, so, yeah, you literally start the game as Yoshi. Um, and then they added like 30 additional, um, like, bonus stages like actual stages okay um so wow they really yeah like the castle got bigger they added some new rooms in the castle Mm. um one of the biggest things that people definitely missed though um contrary to the 3ds that came later the original ds did not have an analog stick right it only had the Mm d-pad so that just was so weird that you had Super Mario 64, which was like known for that like full circle. Yep. You know, in 64 analog stick, you could move in every direction and like, you know, yeah, that, that flexibility is that is very weird to all of a sudden have to do the same game, but with a D pad with four directions. And that's it. Mm-hmm. That was really hard for especially someone like the veterans to really come to grips with you know what i mean sure um even me playing it definitely you know it it feels strange because it's super mario 64 you know and like i said that's kind of what it was known for do you think they they kind of had quote unquote to do that to uh, because of like restrictions uh, on on their part like Maybe. maybe they just weren't there yet in terms of like technology I assume and it had to have, yeah i assume it had to have been i don't know exactly why there was no analog stick on the the original ds um um but no there there definitely wasn't and and yeah so you had to play super mario 64 with the d-pad um which even just saying it sounds weird um yeah but that aside you know a lot of people say you can get used to it i got used to it mm-hmm. um you know it, it eventually it eventually wears off enough that you don't necessarily think too much about it. Sure. Because um, it's still, I mean, it's Super Mario 64. It's one of the greatest games of all time. And so to have that on the go was a huge deal. Right. Um, even if you had to sort of adapt to it, um, it, you know, it was still what it was, which was Super Mario 64. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it added a multiplayer mode. Um, I don't remember exactly what that entailed. But, um, but anyway, I mean, it was a great way to kick off the DS if maybe a little strange. I know people maybe, like you said, maybe had wanted a new, like, fresh Mario game right, <clears throat> to be represented, but um, they still got one, and it, and it was a classic that was sort of breathed some new life into, which is always great when, when devs do that. Um, so yeah, that was Super Mario 64 DS, and then from there, we, we stay on the DS, and we, we come to the first 2D Mario game since... Uh, the six golden coins on Game Boy. Oh wow! At this point, if you don't count all the port, oh, oh shoot! If you, if you don't count all, excuse me, I almost knocked your mic over. It's all good. If you um, if you don't count the Game Boy uh ports, um, then yeah, Super Mario Land, six golden coins. That was the that was the last two D Mario game. Okay. Um, because like we were talking about when it went three D, that was just something that you know was probably a hard sell for a mm-hmm. while there. So I think 3D had to sort of come and make itself known 
and then be around for a while before they started toying with 2D games again. I think sure. they sort of had to let 3D not be quite such like a revolutionary like novelty thing anymore. Um, and so I think when the timing was right, um, that's when Nintendo decided to go um, and start working on uh, a new 2D Mario game. And so um, the hype was real for this game. I think it's actually the highest selling game on the DS to this day is new Super Mario Brothers. Um, and that's exactly what they wanted it to be was Super Mario Brothers, but new, hence the title, New Super Mario Brothers. Sure. Um, and yeah, um, it's awesome. I love it. It's meticulously designed. It's amazingly, you know, it's a great game. Um, but compared to the likes of like Mario World and Mario 3 and even the original Mario, um, Nintendo had sort of been known for a bit more innovation sure. than maybe what New Super Mario Brothers kind of gave people. Sure. Um, you know, there was definitely some new cool elements. Obviously, there were a couple of new power-ups. There was like the Mega Mushroom that mm-hmm. made Mario huge. Right, yeah. And you could like just Godzilla through the whole level, <laughs> which was super satisfying. Right, yeah. awesome. Um, and then contrary to that, there was actually the Mini Mushroom which shrunk you down to like yeah. ant size. Right. Um and so then, you know, you could like run a lot faster and your jumps were a lot higher. Yeah, we saw that in in an earlier game, right? In another 2D platformer. Um I don't think there was a power up that did it. There was a world that was like that. Okay. Where it was like giant world where like I could a- be thinking of just another conversation we had okay. previously yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that wasn't on the podcast. Sure. And- and we were in fact talking about this game right here. Oh, you're good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there was there was the mega and mini mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um. And then there was the shell power up, which basically gave him a Koopa shell on his back. Yeah. And then he could like curl up into it, and then he'd roll around, and he could right, like right. smash blocks on the ground and enemies with it. Um. And so those were super cool to use. And then what was kind of interesting is how it almost incorporated what we call Metroidvania elements. Okay. Um, which is a genre of game, basically meaning um, you get to a point in a level where you realize you need a power-up or an item that you don't have in that moment in mm. order to do that. So, like, if you played a, a level, um, you know, say you got to a level with, like, the Fire Flower, or, you, or say you were even just regular Mario, um, but you see, like, this tiny little pipe. Well, you needed the mini shroom, right? You needed to be mini Mario. Right. Um, but if you didn't have it there, you had to come back later with that specific power up. Hmm. So it actually added that element of like certain areas in the levels that you needed specific power ups to get to and interact hmm. with. And Interesting. If you, yeah. And if you wanted to complete the game, you like 100%, you had to because um, it started this trend with like these three giant mega coins. And there were three of them at every level, and they were always in some kind of hard-to-reach place or hidden area. Yeah. Um, and so you had to collect all these, you know, big staple coins. I don't remember exactly what they called them. Yeah. Um, Was it hard to keep track of, like, knowing when you... Or- which places you need to come back to when you have those power-ups? Sort or? of, in that, like, yeah, you'd be in this level. Because a lot of times it would actually require having to leave that level going to an other lo- like going to right. another level getting that power up finishing that level with that power up not getting hit uh-huh. and then going now so now you've got the mini shroom now uh-huh. go back to the level you need it in right and then play through it to the point where you need it 
and then you can access that area. Right. So it did kind of add some intensity, definitely, because once you had that power-up you needed, uh-huh. I mean, you couldn't get hit, you know, right. or you'd lose yeah. it. So you had to finish that old level, typically. I mean, there were some levels that, you know, luckily, you know, you get to an area, you get to something, and that specific power-up would be in that level, and you could just go back and get it. Right. Because Mario isn't, like, nerve-wracking enough. Right, exactly. But, uh, yeah. You know, trying not to, like, lose, you know, what you have. <laughs> exactly. And decrease in size and whatnot. Right. But, you right. know, now you have something that you desperately need to hang on to. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, the mini shroom, what was cool about that one, too, is that actually that would let you uh, run on water. Um, so you That's def- right. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you definitely needed that for some situations. Um, so yeah, like the new power-ups were super cool. Um, I'm trying to think, um, that was the game that introduced, uh, Dry Bowser, um, who's kind of become like a staple in like Mario Kart and stuff like that. Okay. like Bowser, but like skeleton form. Right, So like you fight him once and then he falls in the lava and then you actually fight him again and he's all, he's just like a skeleton. Yeah. He's harder to take down. Right. Um, yeah. So it, you know, introduced Dry Bowser, which was super cool. But otherwise, it basically still followed that same, you know, the first world was like the grass world, and then the second world was probably like the desert or the snowy world. And it was like that basic, you know, that, you know, that signature formula, which that's the name of the game with Nintendo is finding a basic formula that works and then tweaking it, building upon it over time. You know, they're masters at that. Right. Um, But that's what it is. But um, it was, at the you know, at the time, it was a great way to bring a new 2D Mario experience to a handheld, um, which people were gawking for big time at at that time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they definitely delivered on what people wanted. Um, And like I said, it's still a great game. I mean, Mario... you can't go wrong with, you know, a Mario game. Right. I mean, those are the most, like, precisely designed games you can get your hands on. Right. I mean, since day one. Right. It's, it's been like that. Right. Right. So, um, so yeah, that was New Super Mario Bros. Um, but, you know, that was a 2D game, and we are in the era of 3D gaming. Mm-hmm. So then the Wii. We're, we're now in the Wii yeah. era. Hey everyone, it's David from the Geek Garage Podcast. I just wanted to take a quick second to tell you about our new partnership with Everyday Superhero Training. They are a gym in Nashville, Tennessee that you should definitely check out. The gym is ran by Julian and Lydia who make up the Everyday Superhero Training team. And what Everyday Superhero Training is, is a nerd-centric, holistic, personal training and group fitness wellness program taught through the modalities of RPGs, video games, comic books, superheroes, and pop culture nerdiness. Just a few things that they have to offer is a free digital magazine that covers everything that they nerd out about and it is delivered straight to your email inbox. They have a soon-to-be-famous Mission Quest Fitness RPG, Nerd Skills, which is a class that uses specific training tactics to help you improve at activities you already enjoy, superhero tinted group classes, personal training integrated into every level of membership, a supportive and positive environment that wants to hear more about your current D&D campaign or show that you're currently binging, and then how much you can binge. So please support Julian and Lydia by visiting EverydaySuperheroTraining.com for more info on this amazing gym. Thank you.
if the door wasn't kicked in <laughs> by Nintendo at this point, it was definitely off its hinges. Oh yeah. Uh, when when the Wii rolled around, I, I can't remember if I told you this, but I, when the Wii came around, mm-hmm. I was working at Target at the time, mm-hmm. and oof, people start. Uh, I it it didn't really affect me mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. I, I worked in the the what was called food avenue not really around much um that's a separate conversation but um you know where where starbucks is and in a lot of targets it was Mm -hmm. right around the corner and Mm -hmm. that's where we sold like the personal pan pizzas Mm -hmm. uh the the pretzels and stuff and that's where i worked and that monday people started lining up they uh and it was it was in the winter time right it was Mm -hmm. like february or march something like that when when it was uh um, released mm-hmm. and so people were camping out they, they had their tents and they were all lined up and it confused me at first I was like what's going on and then mm-hmm. I, I remember I was like wait the Nintendo Wii that, mm-hmm. that new console is coming out soon Yep. and one of the, the guys that works in in the electronic department he, he came by and he, he was on his break he bought something mm. and I was like are they waiting for what I think they're waiting for and he was like uh, they're waiting exactly what uh, <laughs> what what you think they're waiting yep. for yep. and I was like that's that's insane right and he was like yes but we've already started like giving out like tickets because we only have a certain amount of consoles yeah. and we don't want people waiting around for days yeah. literally days yeah. thinking that they're going to get their hands on a console right. and they just wasted uh, a whole uh, you know like work week thinking yep. that they're going to get one so they yep. ended up just giving out tickets uh to people oh, until like the the you know until they ran out of tickets and right. then they started turning people away mm-hmm. um so that's that's my like little fun story about you know, the, yeah. the Wii and it's just the craziness of, of it coming out and people are just excited of the with the immersiveness of all the motion controls and the Wiimote and, and all oh that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, so in the days of the NES and the SNES, Nintendo dominated the video game industry. There wasn't a whole lot of competition there. Mm-hmm. But like I said, once the 64 came around, even though it was revolutionary, PlayStation really came in and For hit sure. the scene hard. Yeah. And really won over the market. Um, the N64 did fine, um, but nowhere near as good as their past consoles, um, mm-hmm. as well as, and, and not, I don't think it did as well as the PlayStation. Actually, I'm almost positive it, it didn't. Um, so the next gen, you know, they wanted to really bounce back with the GameCube, but the GameCube, sort of same story. It did well. Um, it was fine, but it wasn't, you know, compared to like the PlayStation 2, which to this day is the best selling console of all time. Right. Um, it was dwarfed by the PS2 and that was the generation that Xbox came on the scene with the original Mm -hmm. Xbox. Yeah. Um, which was very successful as well because it had so much just that, you know, the RAM and the, the, the freaking horsepower behind that thing because it was made by Microsoft. Right. Who yeah. Made computers. Yeah. That was that, uh, Xbox when they came around. That was a big deal because yes. they were like, yeah, you know, that company that makes freaking computers, computers? they're making a video game exactly. console and it blew people's minds. So like graphically, that was by and large the best looking console. Right. It had the highest graphic capability and, and yeah, um, and it supported online play. 
Play, mm-hmm. of course, because it's Microsoft. Right. So online multiplayer came on the scene. You had things like Halo coming on the scene where, mm-hmm. you know, that became a huge phenomenon. Yeah. And Nintendo was over there with the with their little GameCube, their little purple <laughs> lunchbox. And I love yeah. the game. It's one of my favorite consoles, too. I love it's, the GameCube. Yeah, it's at, at this point, like, you know, as we record this podcast mm-hmm. at this point in time, it is like the cult classic yes of it of, definitely is uh, of at least nintendo yeah. consoles i feel like uh, i think it or, is too. or if if not just all consoles right. in general i think you're you're I, I think a lot of people share that sentiment actually yeah. where it is such a wealth of incredibly great games mm-hmm. and third party support was was fairly strong on it thankfully as opposed to the 64s but like I said, compared to the PlayStation 2 and the original Xbox, they kind of, again, kind of got just sort of... Right, dwarfed. Pushed, yeah, yeah. kind of pushed aside um, in most regards. So Nintendo was ready to kind of come back in full freaking force, and they mm. wanted the market back. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And I think the Wii was exactly what the market needed for them to do that. For sure. Because the name of the game with the Wii um, was... They literally wanted to appeal to everybody, mm-hmm. um, to the gamer, the hardcore, the people who had never played games in their lives. Right. They wanted to appeal to everybody. Um, that's why it's called the Wii, you know, yeah. with, with two eyes, because it was all centered around we, us, communal. Right. You know, that, yeah. that that's what they really, really wanted that console yeah. um, to sort of embody. Right. And as soon as you boot it up, you got that feel. Oh, like, my God. It was like, hey, add you, add your brother, add your sister, add your whole friggin' family. I was about to say the Mies. Yeah, the, so, the Wii Mies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you went on there and you could make... Your whole, you, you made your whole family, mm-hmm. um, and then of course every Wii that came out was bundled with Wii Sports. Right, and, and so much fun. <laughs> it became this phenomenon. Like grandmas were playing right. the game. People yeah. who never played video, and that's exactly what Nintendo yeah. wanted yeah. was that broad appeal. Who people who've never played a video game in their life, um, and hardcore gamers alike, um, all had something. From the Wii that they could enjoy, that right. they could get on board with. Um, so then, of course, that meant that it's a new Nintendo console. Where's Mario? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> with that broad appeal in mind, um, they definitely didn't want to repeat Sunshine in terms of sort of like pigeonholing themselves in sort of like a sort of specific motif, a specific theme, sure. so to speak. So they essentially took Super Mario 64 and they put it in space mm-hmm. and created the first Super Mario Galaxy game. Like I said, I mean, I'm replaying it right now. Yeah. It is probably, if it's not my favorite Mario game, it is definitely, definitely. It's like very good. One of the ties, you yeah. know, like up there with like Odyssey or whatever. I don't even know 64 as well. But Galaxy is an is an absolute masterpiece because while it is sort of rooted in like a space motif because it is Galaxy, right? That's mm-hmm. sort of, that's the whole thing is now, you know, screw just being like stuck in the Mushroom Kingdom or much less like a little island. Right. You were on this literal starship and you had this entire universe, yes. this entire galaxy mm-hmm. um, to explore. You had all these galaxies to go to and explore and it just was an enormous game compared to anything that Mario had had up to that point. Right. So you weren't just jumping in paintings anymore. (laughs) You're jumping from planet to planet. You were literally diving into galaxies. Yeah. So what was so cool, while there was that space theme, um, 
that definitely meant that it was nothing like sunshine and that you know it in that you know it all felt spacey yeah whereas everything in sunshine was like all sort of tropical paradise right you sort of went back to that 64 yeah there's this galaxy that's like the honeybee universe mm-hmm. and that's like you know that was that universe was right. like all you know it's like the honey hive kingdom or, or not kingdom universe or galaxy but then you go to like the the dessert universe where everything's made out of cakes and uh-huh. ice cream and stuff and it was just the creativity with every galaxy i mean of course you had a couple of galaxies that were like space junk galaxy which was like your your just raw space like jumping from like pieces of like space shrapnel and like sure um asteroids and like jumping from those, you know, that was definitely present, but you also had, like, Beach Bowl Galaxy, which was, like, you know, the tropical galaxy, but with, like, a space twist. Mm-hmm. Because the biggest thing with a galaxy, and, you know, so, like, 64, that's that big thing was that it was 3D, obviously. <laughs> that was, like, the thing there. Right. Sunshine was, like, the tropical thing with, like, the flood thing, with, with flood. Galaxy's big thing was this gravity hook. Right. That they incorporated into everything, where nothing was a 2D plane. You were always on these, like, spherical planets, or, mm-hmm. you, you know, you'd be on top of the planet, but then you could jump off, and instead of falling to your death, most instances you would wrap around, and you go to the bottom of the planet. Sure. And it was literally, like, gra- that, that was the hook here, was this gravity mechanic. So even your sort of standard galaxies, like you had your snowy galaxy and your beach galaxy and your desert galaxy, but even though those were sort of like familiar places Mario's been to, with this whole new gravity um, element and with this whole new like galaxy theme where you had these individual planets that you were going to and from, um, it completely like threw everything, all of our preconceived notions of like a Mario desert level or a Mario you know, snow level and it completely turned it upside down on, on it, on its head. Hmm. Um, and it, and it was absolutely brilliant. And, you know, obviously the production value and the graphics were completely, was a huge upgrade from sunshine. Right. Um, you know, the game starts with like, they're having this cute little star festival at the mushroom kingdom. Mm-hmm. Bowser comes in literally, um, with a spaceship and, um, rips peaches castle out of the ground and carries it off with them to the center of the galaxy or yeah. universe or whatever. And so um, you give chase, you get knocked off, and then you kind of get picked up by these little star creatures called the Lumas. Okay. Um, which is so cool because you actually kind of find out that's actually like the stars that Mario collects. You know how they have little eyes on them? Right. Well, that's essentially what they are. That's like in their like infant form. Okay. Those go on to become stars and eventually grand stars in some cases. Um, so it kind of gave some like weight to, you know, Mario's basic collectible, which is super cool. Sure. And it also um, introduced a character named Rosalina, who's become somewhat of a series a series mainstay. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, she you, you tag along with her. You go to her what's called observatory, which is sort of the hub world, um, and that's your ship that you use to get from galaxy to galaxy. Um, and yeah, and then from there it's standard Mario. You know, go from galaxy to galaxy, get the star. Um, and the more stars you get, the more galaxies open up. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I mean, it's, it's just so different from anything that came before, you know, with the, the power ups, um, you know, you still have like your fire flower, 
and like the star power up that makes you invincible. Yep. Um, but then they add like uh, the bee suit to where Mario turns into like a bee mm-hmm. and you can use it to buzz and fly around. Right. Um, it allows you to um, stay on certain platforms that uh, regular Mario would fall through like flowers and um, clouds and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, there's like a spring um, when you're in this like toy galaxy mm-hmm. um you you literally he kind of like gets wrapped up in the spring and so then you're just kind of like bouncing around in the spring and it, i mean it's just like the creativity um is it's just amazing how far they went with this sure. whole idea um and so anyway um and like i what and, and that's why i set the standard for or set the stage for the weed because um it appealed to so many people because it was, you know, it was so inventive. It was so colorful and, and, you know, um, there were, you know, it was challenging if you wanted it to be, but to beat the game, you know, a kid could have done it. Right. Um, which is exactly what they wanted. Um, so that they kept that like broad appeal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like motion controls, of course, were a big thing too. But the great thing is, and what a lot of people love about Galaxy, is that contrary to a lot of Wii games at that time, um, the the motion controls weren't really like like crammed down your throat like a lot of them sure. tended to be. Um, they really could have just gone haywire with it. But what they actually ended up doing was very kind of subtle. It okay. made sense. Um, most of the time, you weren't really doing anything more than just pointing it at the screen because you had a little pointer. You always had this little pointer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually how you could kind of pick up your main one of your main collectibles, which were right. these little star bits. You could just kind of hover over them, and then they'd come to you, which sure. is super cool. The only other thing, though, um, is a flick of the wrist, and that was really... Um, the extent of it. Um, and what was cool there, like I said, Flood, you could use in Sunshine to kind of, as like a crutch. Uh-huh. Um, sort of same thing in Galaxy, um, where you could do a jump. If you didn't quite make it, you could flick the Wiimote and he'd do his little spin. Sure. Which would give you that extra little lift. Right, right. Um, but that's really about it. There were a couple of Galaxies that had you hold the Wiimote and use it in sort of different ways. So um, there's one where like he stands on a ball and he has to like roll the ball under his feet. Right. And you had to hold it sort of like... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, um, you had to hold like it vertically a, and sort like of... Like a moral and pes- mortar, mortar and pestle? Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sort of steer him that way. Um, and then there's one where he surfs on a manta ray and you have to almost do it with like almost like a key and a lock. Yeah. Um and then uh yeah there was a couple where he's like trapped in a bubble and you're looking down on him and you had to use the pointer to sort of guide the bubble, you know, for him not to bump into anything. Yeah. But otherwise nothing nothing that caused you to have to like stand up and clear the room and right you know, like, yeah like like uh no wee sports or anything like that right that and uh like the the wee fit stuff <laughs> right when, when they really started right. kicking up uh the 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 activeness exactly of, of the wee exactly yeah yeah that's cool like yeah you know, I, I feel like that's kind of what uh you know especially when mario went 3d back in the you know uh, the 64 days mm-hmm um, their their thing has kind of been like less is more. Like exactly. these, these little little tweaks mm-hmm. are like just little innovations that are like oh like I see what they did there. Like it, it's right. it's like a little thing yeah, yeah, that yeah. <laughs> makes no pun intended like a world of difference. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. And it, it just becomes one of those like really cool things. And and you're like wow like it's not even that big of an advancement on 
you know, the previous game or what we're used to, mm-hmm. it is something new, but like it's it's so subble but there's, and, and yeah. in that way it's awesome yeah yeah they're they're always small little adjustments but there's a lot of weight to those for sure they they feel substantial even if you know in in theory they're really not you right know, they don't break the mold or anything but um but yeah i mean oh god i could go on and on about galaxy i, I have to cut <laughs> myself off um yeah. yeah i mean that was the debut of captain toad who sure. actually went on to have his own game. Okay. Um, who became a series mainstay, which was super cool. Um, oh my gosh, I could go on and on. But I have to move on. Oh my gosh, I could talk about Galaxy all day. Um, so then we go back to 2D. Um, Yay! Yeah! <laughs> right. Yeah, after following the heels of Galaxy. Yeah. So then we get to New Super Mario Bros. Wii. Um, <laughs> as changes is just like, eh. of course. Um, no, it's uh, again sort of the same thing as the DS New Super Mario Brothers game. It's it's a great game. Um, the name of the game here, the big sell here, was the multiplayer. This is the first time we ever had multiplayer in a Mario game. All right, you could have up to four people crammed into these stages, and it was absolute chaos. <laughs> um, you were constantly like getting your friends killed and if you got too far away it would make the screen zoom out really 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 far so people were like getting lost and, right um but that was part of the fun sure um and it made it much more accessible for again you know since they're trying to have the broad appeal um if there was maybe a much younger little gamer who wanted to play mario mm-hmm. you could have you know the older gamer kind of steering but then you could sort of help them, you know. Right. You could jump ahead and take care of the Goombas and the Piranha Plants and sort of help. Yeah. You know, because, again, that was the name of the game when it came to the Wii was that broad appeal, and that's exactly what they were, you know, tailoring this game to. Yeah, and, and that's always, like, it's, uh, historically speaking, that's a very tough line to toe, mm-hmm. like, where when you want to reach literally everyone. Mm-hmm. Historically speaking nine times out of ten you just uh, end up upsetting more people than you really want to make friends oh it happens all the time yeah but you know nintendo has has always done such a great job Mm -hmm. and especially with the wii of doing that and and case in point what you just said you know what if you have a situation where uh which isn't even that groundbreaking of wanting your entire family Mm -hmm. to play Wii all at the same time. Exactly. So, you know, mom, dad, brother, sister, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you said, you you have the younger, less advanced players, Mm -hmm. the parents that, you know, um, or, you know, a kid that's like 10, that's showing up mom and dad be like, come on, mom and dad. Exactly. You you got your day job. I got my week. (laughs) Exactly, and that's exactly what they wanted to do with the multiplayer, and that's what they did. Um, you know, you could you could literally carry characters. I mean, you could literally pick some a character up and like carry them <laughs> right. if you needed to. You know, um, so um, yeah, it definitely broadened the appeal to the family, um, but it was very much a continuation of the DS game. Sure, like a pretty substantial continuation. Not much of a building upon okay more so than just like i said a continuation um there were a couple of new um sort of innovative power-ups there was the propeller hat that put a little helicopter propeller on his head and if you shook the wii remote he would go really high right that was cool there was the penguin suit where you could throw ice 
balls and slide down snowy hills. Right. Um, but other than that, um, yeah, it didn't it it didn't bring a whole lot of the table to the table that was new. But what was also cool, you know, again keeping with the broad appeal, whereas you could have new and experienced gamers, um, or, or I guess they wouldn't be gamers if they weren't experienced. Um, if you had newcomers, you know, it definitely was tailored to them as well. But if you were a pro, oh my god, that game got hard. That late game content and and uh, Mario Wii, yeah, it 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 gave me a run for my money. All right. So when you get into like you know, for those that want to sweat, it'll make you sweat. If okay. you, if you want that, it is there. So again, just going back to that broad, they really nailed it. Right. Where newcomers who never picked up a controller in their life could play the game, but also um you know platforming veterans um no there was there was challenge mm-hmm. waiting for them at at the end of right yeah. yeah if you if you get oh yeah you know far enough in the game it, it's it's just like any other mario game any other regular game yep. where it's going to it's not going to get any easier exactly it's going to the opposite it's going to get harder yeah and that's essentially you know that's the thing with most mario games you know like to beat the actual game it's not really that daunting mm-hmm. but for those that stick around um you know after you've beat bowser and you know that's that's when that that's when they always bring their a game in okay. terms of challenge sure um galaxy was that way for sure um and then that uh and then also moving forward to galaxy 2 mm-hmm. so of course mario galaxy exploded it was one of the you know it won like most of the game of the year awards that year that it came out it was a huge success right um so interestingly as as that seems to happen to nintendo a lot um they had they had so many ideas and things that they wanted to do in galaxy that there was just no way that they could cram all of that into one game right um and so um of course that just meant that most of that just naturally spilled over into Galaxy 2. Right. Um, and so, yeah, Galaxy 2... Um, which which makes sense, according to one of the notes that I I, mm-hmm. I made note of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, of this being, I think, the only instance of where um, a, a 1 and a 2 mm-hmm. are in one console. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah uh, funny enough. Yeah, I, I uh, according to the the research that I did, sure. Um, it, that it seems like, um, but you know, in this case, it makes sense that mm-hmm. they just had so much material right. for one, right? That they were like, we're we're gonna have to break this up, right? And uh, it, it makes even more sense when you look at the timeline because mm-hmm. Super Mario Galaxy was two thousand seven, and then only three years later yeah. you get the sequel, exactly. And I mean, that's not even like if they were starting from scratch or you know building mm-hmm. upon that with no extra material right. left over like that's that's not enough time yeah like you're talking at least four maybe five years it's staggering it yeah. is it is and and you know but the only way they were able to do that like you said is just because you know the it, first of all the engine for the game was already made mm-hmm. um they used the same thing they used for the first game so that was already in place um and yeah they basically just kept going you know they just you know mario right. galaxy came up but they just kind of continued you know um, which means that Galaxy 2, definitely, the, the galaxies just got so much more, like, expansive and just, you know, whereas the galaxies in the first one were incredible and varied and intricate enough, mm-hmm. um, the second one went even further with it. Um, 
one of the coolest innovations is it adds Yoshi um, as a playable character um, who was not present in the first Galaxy game. Um, so you, yeah, in the second game, you get Yoshi, and what's cool is Yoshi um, kind of gets his own little abilities. You know, you eat certain power-ups, and so if you eat, like, the red chili... Then it makes him really, really hot. And it makes him run really, really fast. Oh, right, right. Um, I remember that. Yeah, if you get the balloon, like the it's like a blue fruit. And if you get that one, he like swells up and he becomes that's, this balloon. Then you can yeah, float right. up. Yeah. Um, and then there was one that made him light up. If you were in like a really dark galaxy, uh, okay. he'd swallow that like glowing fruit, and then he would become like a little light. That, yeah. You know, you could you you know you could see and everything. So, right. um, Yoshi was super cool. Um. Your hub world this time, instead of Rosalina's observatories, you actually got your own ship called Starship Mario. Oh wow! Which okay, looked like a giant. Literally, it just looked like like a giant Mario head that you <laughs> flew around. Like exa- literally, um, which is amazing, and I love it. Um, <laughs> it kind of like I don't know why I just envisioned like a Mario head Death Star. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except yep. like much less ominous and yeah. more like here we go. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um. So that was super cool. It added again. Um. It added a few new power ups. In addition, they brought all the ones from the first game back, which is super cool. Um. But then they also added um the cloud suit. So you would jump and you flick the Wiimote and then a little cloud would form underneath you, so you right. could make little platforms. That's right. For yourself, which was super cool. Um. There was the rock power-up, where you became this little boulder, and you gained traction, then you'd take off and barge through things, and then there was, like, the drill power-up. It was super, super freaking cool. Uh, Um, I also made note of a a guide within the game for beginner players. Um, yeah, um, sure. Probably, I of course I didn't use it because <laughs> oh, I didn't. Oh, maybe need it was like it. an optional thing. Like probably. if you've never played before, probably. like it's kind of like yeah. Yeah, it was okay. probably there, and I just never. I probably saw it. Chase just defaults just like, to expert on everything. It's fine. I don't. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know about expert, but um, sure. Um, although this game is the game that allowed me to call myself Mario Grandmaster. Oh, um, yeah, we'll get to we'll get to that. But um, well, no, we can get that because you know because Galaxy definitely had Galaxy Two had some of the freaking coolest galaxies, and of the two games, you had like Cosmic Cove Galaxy, which was just this amazing aquatic level. One of my absolute favorite Mario levels ever was it's literally called Throwback Galaxy. Okay, and it was they recreated um. Thwomp's Fortress from Super Mario 64, hmm. but in like that galaxy twist sort of way. Sure. It is unbelievable. They even brought back the music from it. And oh my God. I mean, some of the best fan service um, ever was in Throwback Galaxy. Okay. Puzzle Plank Galaxy, which if you're ever in a down mood, listen to the soundtrack from that stage. It's one of the funnest things ever. It is okay. so fun. Um um, but then, so I was talking about Grandmaster. So, um, so one thing that some people did kind of complain about about the first Galaxy was it was a little bit too easy. So, holy crap, Nintendo heard that and they were like, okay. <laughs> so, um, the very last Galaxy. Oh my god, I get PTSD just thinking about it. It's called Grandmaster Galaxy. Okay. So, the regular version of Grandmaster Galaxy alone is difficult mm-hmm. um it's this just kind of gauntlet sort of galaxy where it's just one challenging you know thing after another that you have to and it, it goes on seemingly forever right um 
So you finally beat that and you feel really good about it. And then you have to do it again. Uh, because one of the things that's reoccurring in both galaxy games, um, once you beat a galaxy or finish a galaxy, um, what's called a comet will mm-hmm. come to that galaxy and it'll introduce like a new extra challenge for that galaxy. So sometimes you'll have to do what's called a daredevil challenge where you can't mm. take a hit. You have to do the whole thing without getting hit. Okay. Or a speed run where you have to do the whole level within a certain amount of time. That kind of thing. Gotcha. So they they do grand they make you do Grandmaster Galaxy again, but you have to do it um, with the Daredevil Comet, which means you can't get hit. You cannot take one single hit. If you get hit, you have to start the whole thing over. Hmm. Um, and not only that, but they also increase. They add like mines everywhere and laser. They add more lasers, more enemies. It is. I was stuck on that level for two weeks. It is grueling. It sounds incredibly stressful. <laughs> oh my god. It is one of the hardest Mario levels in the entire canon. Hands down. Um, so for those who complained about the first game, Nintendo came back with a vengeance with Grandmaster Galaxy. Um, <laughs> we'll show you. Yeah. Um, among, I mean, there were tons of galaxies in that like special galaxy, right. like they called it. But... Um, but that one in particular, Grandmaster Galaxy, is notorious. Um, yeah, it took me two weeks um, on that one level. Yeah, I about pulled my hair out. That's nuts. But I am a completionist, and so I had to do it. Right. Um, yeah, you're like, I, I can't let this stand. Well, yeah, cool. Because Galaxy Two is also double the size of the first game. The first game had a hundred. Really? The first game had 120 total stars. Um, Mario Galaxy Two had 242 stars. Yes. Wow. Yes. So it's a bigger game in basically every way. Um, and oh my god, it's amazing. Do you think it, it took you with that twice as long to, to beat it? Or? Um, yeah, probably. I mean, I've, yeah, I would think so. Um, I can't remember exactly the timeline of how long it took me to play them. But I mean, if, if, if it's double the stars, I would think... Yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Um, but I mean, like I said, Grandmaster Galaxy alone I was stuck on for two weeks. <laughs> you know, which, Yeah in of itself i mean makes sense yeah 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 so anyway so the wii was beautiful for the 3d era um it was essentially a continuation of the 2d era um so then that brings us i believe to the 3ds games yeah so back to the ds but this time it's 3ds right so we have an analog stick that's nice yeah (laughs) i i actually didn't have the quote-unquote pleasure of dealing with just the og regular Mm -hmm. ds Mm -hmm. i picked up uh the the console or the the handheld nintendo gaming Mm -hmm. the the new generation of Mm -hmm. nintendo handheld gaming with the 3ds and even with the 3ds i was kind of late to it i yeah yeah i i didn't get mine until 2015 you and a lot of people actually the 3ds had a really rocky did it launch Okay. Yeah, so the DS to this day remains one of the best-selling video game pieces of hardware in history. Just period? Yes. Like consoles it's and It's right handhelds. below the PS2, I believe. Wow. Yeah. The DS was a massive success. 3DS, comparatively, compared to the DS, tanked, um, so to speak. I mean, it didn't do hmm. nowhere near as well as the original DS. Um it definitely had a rocky start. It built up some. It 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 built up over time, but yeah, they had some trouble getting the, the 3ds going. 
Um, Do you think it was because of a lack of uh, games to, to start out with? Or, like, people just weren't buying into the 3D gimmick Maybe, yeah, I mean... And, and once again, I, I, you know, I hate to use that that. Well, particular no, no. word of gimmick but no i mean because i mean it is fun for for short periods of mm-hmm, time you mm-hmm. know I, I told you about playing luigi's mansion mm-hmm. on dark moon mm-hmm. and you know i'll play with 3d for like maybe five to ten minutes well, and, I'm and like, that's what a lot of people say i start to go cross-eyed right. and i'm like all right i gotta turn it off a lot of people kind of had trouble with the 3d mm-hmm. effect um you know because it the way that they accomplished it, you did have to hold the DS like perfectly still, right? You know, like at perfect eye level, because as soon as you tilted it or whatever, it would, yeah, you know. right, yeah. And and when you set it up, when mm-hmm. you when you first turn on and mm-hmm. you buy it for the first time, you have to like walk through that pretty rigorous series mm-hmm. of like, you know, how you're going to hold it in mm-hmm. your hands. Mm-hmm. Like they they want to make sure that you're going to be able to look at it from a couple different weird angles and still be able to enjoy the 3D aspect of it. Yeah, so the 3DS, you know, was was rocky getting going, um, sure. So anyway, but um, so Nintendo really wanted to sort of bring, uh, again, their A game um, with a Mario game, because of course that's always expected with any Nintendo hardware. Um, We always expect a new Mario game. Right. Um, And so in this case, um, (laughs) since it was the 3DS and they were trying to push the 3D thing, then we got Super Mario 3D Land. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a return to the Land series for the first time since the Game Boy, which is interesting, although they're in no way similar at all, and uh, you know, other than Mario and Goombas and stuff. Sure. Um, so Mario 3D Land, um, you know, I, I got to go a little faster here. Um, no, you're, you're good. Um, so it's weird. It's a 3D game that definitely takes advantage of that 3D effect. Um, however, it's it's strange. It's almost in this sort of like 2D, 3D hybrid sort of thing. Sure. So, um, for example, you can't rotate your camera. So instantly that brings to question 3D. Right. In some regards. Um, uh, it's, it's always a fixed camera. The only thing that separates it from the 2D games is the fact that you, you still, you sort of run around in these sort of like diorama levels so yeah. to speak so it's not like these huge expansive levels like in super mario 64 or sunshine galaxy so it's not like on that level of 3d mario games mm-hmm. um so you, yeah you're on these sort of like um these little diorama courses so to speak they're very linear they're they're not these again big open huge expansive worlds um but but it is 3d in that you know you you do have like you know mario has all directions around him that you can move him in every which direction and stuff like that and there's a sense of also verticality to the levels and stuff like that um the cool thing is is this game was obviously designed with the 3d effect in mind so if you do play it with the 3d on it is really cool you know when you know bullet bills come at the screen and it you know looks like they're right coming at you and you know certain instances where mario jumps on these like mushroom platforms when he jumps it looks like he's about to like come up out of your screen Mm -hmm. they do some really cool stuff with the 3d effect um but um yeah otherwise it's essentially a 2d mario game of that era like those new super mario brothers games it's essentially that but in a sort of like 3d ish diorama-esque sort of you know right um package i guess so to speak it's it's kind of hard to explain um um 
Anyway, but it's a great game. I loved 3D Land. I don't think it took me too terribly long to beat, and I I did 100% it. It had another one of those super hard challenge levels at the very end. Nothing nothing like Grandmaster Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it, it's still I was still stumped on it for maybe a day or two. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean it brought a few new power-ups it brought it brought the tanuki suit back actually since like mario bros 3 on the nes oh wow super cool um which suit was that uh the tanuki suit the one that was like the raccoon suit where he has a little that's tail. right yeah, yeah 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 they brought that back which was super cool um they brought back the boomerang suit okay um and there was like a statue suit where he turned into like this statue you could crush things with but otherwise yeah i mean like I said, it's basically another 2D Mario game, but it's all wrapped up in this 3D presentation that looked really, really cool. And I did play the whole game with the 3D effect on because okay. that's one that you do. That's one game that you do kind of lose. Sure. That like intended effect if you don't. Yeah, it have just it on. makes more sense to have right, one. Yeah. right. Um, so yeah, that happened, and then following that. Um, Oh, it was New Super Mario Bros. 2, and I'll briefly hit that, because basically it's New Super Mario Bros. from the DS um, with an emphasis on coin collecting. Okay. That's pretty much the long and short of <laughs> New Super Mario Bros. 2. Um, it, again, didn't really um, invigorate the, the 2D franchise very much. Sure. Um, more so, it just added this new level of, like, um, the goal was to collect a million coins, um, and so um, that was a huge thing. It added like this gold mushroom power up, where it mm-hmm. would turn Mario gold, and so everything you th- you hit, it would turn into coins and stuff. So that was cool. And you know, there was the gold block. If you jumped into it, it would get stuck on your head, and then if you ran with it, it coins would fly out of it. So I mean, there was some cool things that were tied in with the coin collecting, you know, vibe that that they were um, really driving home with that one. But otherwise you know peach gets kidnapped by bowser mario gives chase <laughs> par for the course yeah yeah, yeah yeah um again not to discredit it it's a great game super super fun all of these are great um just be aware yeah it's just more of that right on. i remember the the boss fight the dry bowser boss fight at the end was super cool i loved the the dry bowser fight at the end so um from there uh, gosh, we go even further with the 2D games. Um, <laughs> yeah, so New Super Mario Bros. U. Yes. Um, U as in the Wii, Wii U. Mm-hmm. So if the Wii was N- Nintendo's like, we're back in control of the market sort of thing, the Wii U was like, oof. Just kidding. Yeah, so the Wii U was a massive flop. That's, that's kind of the the feeling i got i i didn't i after i kind of went through my wii phase Mm -hmm. i it was it was just that like i kind of fell out i that was it it was in that period of my life where i was starting to try Mm -hmm. try to figure shit out just in general um and and so i kind of lost touch with video games Mm -hmm. and so i kind of lived vicariously through other people with their video gaming, you know, oh, like, hey, what are you playing? You know, what what consoles are, are good right now? What games are good? Yeah. And yeah. the overwhelming majority of people who like found other people who spent their money on mm-hmm. Wii U 
reviews and and like you know played the games they're just like it's not worth it if you're thinking about getting one don't they were few and far between yeah so the we i mean by that point i think people were just weed out yeah you know like i think people were like and and it was so similar but yet so strangely different to the Wii that it just confused most consumers. Right. Whereas the first Wii was really straightforward. Motion controls, everybody's in. You know, it was very clear about what the Wii was. Right. The Wii U had like this game pad that was your primary controller. Mm-hmm. Um, but you couldn't take it away from the console. So you had to be in the same room as the, the system itself. Sure. Um, so obviously this was the precursor to the switch yeah you know the gamepad idea um but man the implementation was just really kind of wonky at first people didn't even when they first announced it a lot of people didn't even know that it was a new console people thought it was just like an add-on to the wii um so like yeah you know what i mean like it really just confused people so the Wii, and it really never bounced back. Like the N64 and the GameCube didn't do like ecstatically well, but they did well enough that like Nintendo was still doing good as a company. Right. Um, the Wii U was the first time they they reported like serious financial losses. Um, that sounds right. Right. Since the Wii U was flopping so hard, um, third party was basically non-existent. Um, Nintendo right. was kind of left but to make their own games. There mm-hmm. was not a whole lot of third party support at all. Um, so anyway, um, so that's sort of, that, that's the, the U in the new Super Mario Bros. U. Um, and yeah, um, again, like all the other new Super Mario Brothers games, I mean, it's in HD, which is nice. It looks right. nicer. Sure. <laughs> I mean, um, the multiplayer is back, which is also fun. Um, but apart from that, you know, it added like the squirrel suit where Mario became like a flying squirrel. Mm -hmm. Um, that was fun. And, um, one of the coolest things for players like me, um, was this challenge mode that it added, which was awesome. I mean, some of the most outrageous circumstances that Mario's ever been put in. I mean, like seriously crazy challenges. Okay. They were so much fun to get lost in though. That was really the bulk of my experience with um, Mario Bros. U um, was with the challenge mode. Um, so that was a really cool innovation um, that I would love to see be brought back. Um, but like, there were baby Yoshis, which were cool. Okay. You picked them up. They were so cool, because you'd think they'd be like these really like cute little just like mini Yoshis, but they were actually like these really small fat Yoshis. <laughs> and so you like and they just looked really lazy, and they just kind of lay there and just sure. kind of like... As babies do. Right, yeah. yeah. And so you actually had to carry them through the whole stage. Um, How convenient. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, which is so funny. It's like reverse Yoshi's Island. Right. Where like Yoshi's, you know, you were carrying baby Mario through all the stages. Now Mario is Right, and regular Yoshi's baby. in the background like, yeah. uh, payback's a bitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, and they could do some cool little things if you were able to um, keep the baby Yoshi, um, which could be challenging at times because, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, I mean, it added um, a character called Nabbit um, who would... Um, You'd have to, like, chase down and catch him because he would steal something or other. I mean, it was, you know, again, some just little tweaks here and there. Um, But otherwise, like, visually, whereas it was in HD, it looked like the Wii game in HD, basically. There Mm -hmm. wasn't a whole lot of visual. 
Um, so I take innovation. it. I take it you owned uh, a Wii U or own? oh yeah, oh okay. yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if <laughs> if, if like you just kind of if you played it for uh, you know f- with a friend or, or someone that had one oh, or no. or if you just ended up grabbing the 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 Mario games that came out for the Wii U and then that were like re released for no, the Switch. Just for all its faults, the Wii U, you know. It was a cool console. It and still had, had things to offer. It had some great things to offer. Don't get me wrong. There were some great first-party Nintendo games. Mario Kart 8, was on, which is probably the best Mario Kart game, yeah. was on the Wii U. Mario Maker, which we'll get to, mm-hmm. is a huge thing. Um, you know, a great Smash game was on it. Smash for Wii U was great. Uh, oh, um, oh. One of the biggest selling points and something that they that Nintendo needs to get on ASAP with this Switch is they did HD remasters of two Zelda games. Hmm. They did Wind Waker, which was a GameCube game, and Twilight Princess, which was GameCube slash Wii. Okay. Um, they did HD remasters of both of those games and brought them to Wii U. And that easily, as of this moment, that's the best way to play those two games. Hmm. Um, it was super cool. It was one of the few games that made really great use of the gamepad. Because with Zelda, you have like the whole inventory thing. So be able to be able to be playing the game and have your inventory on the gamepad. That was super cool. But otherwise, um, unless you were like a Nintendo diehard, it was a really hard sell. Sure. Um, so, and New Super Mario Brothers, you really didn't help a whole lot because it looked so similar to the other New Super Mario Brothers. You or right. new new games, <laughs> the new series. Um, so you know. Uh, they also did new Super Luigi U, which was super cool. Yeah. Um. Uh. Which was a which was a much more challenging version of 3D uh, of of the base game, um, with new shorter, much harder levels. That was super cool. Um. And that actually got brought to Switch. Um. So you can actually, if you're interested in that one, and you have a Switch, um, which a lot more people have that console. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, way more people. Um, then yeah, um, I'm sure you know the new Super Mario Bros. New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe is on the Switch with some new features. It includes new Super Luigi U, which is super cool. Um, so yeah, um, and and like I said, it's a great game. It's probably the best of the like new Super Mario Bros. games. Sure. Um, um, it has this gorgeous gorgeous level that looks like it's taken after Van Gogh's Starry Night. Oh, okay. And it is gorgeous. It's easily wow. like my favorite 2D Mario level. Um, so there's some really cool stuff there. But then to kind of bounce back, um, um, Nintendo then did Super Mario 3D World. So we had 3D Land on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. So now we go to 3D World. Um, um, and essentially it's a continuation of 3D Land where... Um, it still retains that sort of diorama feel to it, okay. Um, but on a much larger scale, um, you have a lot more flexibility, a lot more places to go, a lot more things to do. Um, but yeah, um, um, that's. I loved 3D World actually. Um, a lot of people sort of compared it to the 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 new Super Mario Bros. games. They kind of felt like it sort of was in that vein. It kind of played it safe, sort sure. of thing. Um, I loved 3D World. Um, it was the first 3D Mario game to have multiplayer, which was super cool. Okay. Um, and whereas the 2D Mario multiplayer games can be like just ridiculous chaos and it can be hard to see where you are. 
right. that kind of thing. The 3D one worked really well. That worked a lot better. It was a lot easier to keep track of people. Um, and again, you know, it, it was a great way to get some newcomers kind of, you know, to play with some more experienced players. So that was super cool. It added the adorable cat suit, um, okay. which made Mario like this little cat Mario. Yeah. And you could climb up walls and stuff and you could like <laughs> slash your claws at enemies. It was awesome. One of the best power ups in the neat. entire series. I love the cat suit. Um, there was also like the double cherry where you'd get the cherry and then you have two Marios. Oh, and then okay. if you get another one, like every time you got another cherry, I mean, you'd have like rows of Mario's at some <laughs> levels. It was so crazy, like so chaotic to keep up with where all of them were. Um, but it was it, that was really cool. So there was like some really cool um, uh, power ups that came in. Um, interestingly enough, um, Rosalina came back from Galaxy and that was the first time she's ever a playable character. You actually got to unlock Rosalina. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chase she... is pointing at an actual Rosalina. He he brought more stuff <laughs> this this time. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's as much stuff as he brought for part one. No, not that but, much. But it's definitely a uh, a large assortment. I, I, I'll be, by the time this episode comes out, these <laughs> photos will definitely be on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, all the, the little mini action figures and, um, uh, well... I don't know. Yeah, the amiibo. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> they, uh, uh, yeah, they're they're awesome, and it kind of makes me jealous, and I I kind of want them. I just. love the amiibo. Yeah, I don't even use them that much, but man, I, like they're just great little figurines. They're yeah. so fun to collect. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, Rosalina became a playable character in 3D World, and um, it was cool. She had like this little spin attack with her wand that was super cool. Um. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. Oh my gosh, it had one of the coolest... So, um, the Bowser boss fight, instead of it being Bowser, Bowser got a hold of the cat power-up, so you had to fight Meowser. <laughs> yes. And it, and That's it was, awesome. It was wonderful. It was a great final boss. Um, it was pretty intense, too. Um... But yeah, other than that, it had the super jazzy soundtrack, which was different, and I really sure. I loved 3D World soundtrack. Um, uh, probably the probably the most lingering thing with me with 3D World is it features um, what I would pretty easily consider to be the hardest level in any Mario game that I've ever played. Okay, so I'm a completionist. I usually play an entire game to completion. So I call myself a Mario Grandmaster because I beat Grandmaster Galaxy, but I can't call myself Mario Champion. Okay. Quite yet. Sure. So that that's the final level in 3D World, whereas there was like Grandmaster Galaxy. In this case, there's a level called Champion's Road. And oh my god, I don't understand how it's possible. I and I, it was like it was the same thing as Galaxy as Grandmaster Galaxy. I mean, I was on it for ages. I tried like over and over and over. I tried mm. it with different characters, and I just it got to a point where I was like, I had, I just, I have to move on with my life because I can't keep doing this. <laughs> so to, myself. to this day, you haven't. To beaten this day, it? I still haven't beat Champions Road. Uh. I know, and I, it still keeps me up at night sometimes. <laughs> no, I, but no, if if you've beaten Champions Road. Do you? Mm, you're a <laughs> stronger fellow than I. Um, so that's why I say I can call myself a Mario Grandmaster, but I cannot call myself a Mario Champion yet. Well, but all none of us are perfect. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all have our limits, I guess. Yeah. Um, if it, it makes you feel any better, I wouldn't <laughs> be able to beat it, beat it either. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh, no, I've seen people online beat it, and it's usually by, like, freak chance they get lucky at some point or something, or, you know, something sure. like that. I, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy. When was the last time you've gone back to it? To, to oh, I never it? went back. I can't. Go, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I'm not ready for that yet. It's The wound is still fresh. Sure. Um, Someday. I, I will, because I definitely want to replay it, because 3D World was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, unfortunately, that's one of like the last Wii U games that hasn't been brought to Switch. Because since the Wii U was such a flop, Nintendo has been awesome to like bring most of the great Wii U games to the Switch. Sure. Which has been fantastic, because yeah. so many people missed out on those games. Like I said, the Wii U had a lot of great games. Yeah, that's cool. Um, So, yeah, 3D World is one of the only major Nintendo games that haven't made that jump yet. All right. Um, historically speaking i'd like to say it's only a matter of time i would like to yeah think. makes uh, sense there wasn't a whole lot of like gamepad implementation so i don't th- see any like technical barrier there yeah um so anyway so that's 3d world highly recommend if you can get your hands on a wii u um so after that oh my god after that is mario maker so this was a huge selling point for a lot of people right um with the wii u and this made great use of the gamepad obviously so what mario maker is it's exactly what it sounds like super mario maker um was a toolkit where you could design your own mario levels Mm -hmm. and um you could do it in the style of the original super mario bros super mario brothers 3 super mario world or the new Super Mario Brothers U, like modern look. Mm-hmm. So you could design it in any of those um, game styles, and um, yeah, it literally gave you everything you needed from those games, all of the like signature blocks and power ups and enemies, and you literally on this like grid. Um, you got to be your own little game designer, and you got to make your own Mario levels. Right. Um, and oh my god, I mean it was genius. And what was so and what's so funny is it was initially developed as a toolkit for the devs to make Mario games with. Wow. And someone just had the idea like, why don't we just give this to people mm-hmm. and you know, let them make some love and it's it a great exploded. Idea. Yeah. Um and the community was 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 Oh, they were all about huge. it. Huge. Yeah. yeah. This is uh, like when this came out, it was it was right around the time where like the internet and like stuff going viral mm-hmm. like the term like viral was kind of being coined sure. at that time so like it, it it made sense for this to kind of be parallel with that mm-hmm. time period where like all of a sudden you started seeing people like trying to make these impossible these crazy. levels oh yeah. my god people used to go nuts with these things right and and the stipulation that you told me about cuz i you know i was I didn't really look too much into it. I never owned Super Mario Maker. Um, mm-hmm. But so, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but if you, you have to, in order to make a level available publicly, you have to be able to beat it exactly. yourself. Right, exactly. Okay. If Yeah, um, you cannot publish a broken, like unbeatable level. Right. Um, to the online service, because um, that was the big selling point. Not only could uh-huh. you make your own levels, but you could post them to the game's server and play people's levels from all over the world which was awesome um but yeah so that was sort of the one requirement was that you had to beat it yourself before you could post it did did anyone ever like and i just thought of this like last night or earlier today Mm. uh did anyone introduce the idea of reversing that or backtracking and letting people publish 
like quote unquote unbeatable levels, but if someone beats that, they get some sort of bragging rights. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would like to say those actually kind of exist. There are levels that I swear you just I don't understand how it's beatable. Oh my god, there's this one dude who he's like known for it, like he's made a name for himself for making these just absolutely impossible sure. levels. Yeah. Oh, uh, is it remember. is it one with just like the fire sticks and it's, there's like a million of them and they're just rotating? It's and literally like you have to. I mean, it's like the most precise down to like the pixel platforming you'll ever see in your life yeah picking up a koopa shell throwing it across the lava jumping and making and then when it bounces back jumping off that koopa shell i mean it's like staggering right what some of these people have made i mean it's really making use of what nintendo has made uh made themselves known for it is insane yeah yeah. Um and so yeah, that was a great implementation of the gamepad. I used to sit there for hours with that gamepad and the stylus and just sit there and make my own Mario levels mm-hmm. and make my partner, you know, and like make him right. go through like he would get home from work and be like made you a level. <laughs> and like that was what he Great, got. this is just what I want I right know, when I get home. Exactly. And of course, I would always make them just brutal. I did one called the conveyor belt of death. <laughs> and I I beat it. So I knew it was possible, uh-huh. but oof, oof, he got around to it, but oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, cause it was always easy just to kind of like throw everything in the level, which right. was, you know, the thing about Mario Maker, people used to just go nuts. Um, but anyway, so Mario Maker, um, is, is a phenomenal game. Um, so I guess the next, uh, Super Mario game is Super Mario Run. Right. Which I can't really speak much about. I have not. I can really okay. A, a s- small amount. Awesome. Because I, I was I actually haven't... playing it uh, at work today. Okay. Not, uh, awesome. Uh, during during lunch. Because I am not a mobile gamer. Yeah, I, and um, I, I'm not either. Uh, but honestly, since I nothing wrong with it, but that's just sure, not my sure. Yeah, and and I think it's it's on, uh, Nintendo's really only like. Um, mobile game, right? Oh no, like, they've been do, pushing they mobile ha- hard. Oh, they have more. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, they have. They've um, got Mario Kart Tour. That, that's which right. Is a yeah, huge that, deal. Yeah, that one just came out not too long ago. Yeah, that's a big deal right now. There's Doctor Mario World, which is cool. Fire Emblem something. There's a there's a Fire Emblem mobile <laughs> okay. game which is really popular. Um, that's been raking in loads of money for them i think that's actually their most successful mobile game is hmm. that fire emblem okay one, i think or it's one of them um and then yeah there's super mario run and yeah there's, there's a few others oh uh, animal crossing pocket camp i think is what it's called okay which is extremely successful hmm. um that's been really really popular too yeah nintendo has been okay pretty good about the mobile market um uh, in the last few years, but but Run I think was the first big one. Sure, like, I think that was sort of their first foray. So, do you like it? Like I do. Like at first, when when I booted it up and I realized that it, you know, you hold the phone naturally, you know, mm-hmm. vertically and mm-hmm. not horizontally like you would, you know, I, I guess uh, a two D platformer. Yeah, uh, I was like, all right, but. A lot of the appeal uh, comes from, or the the reasoning behind, you know, holding it, uh, the phone naturally is because the game is kind of like 
design like that, you know, what, what goes on mm-hmm. um, during the, when you're not in gameplay. And then during gameplay, you know, you can like double tap the screen. And when you're, when you jump, like you can tap again and you'll jump even higher. And so okay. having it vertical gives you that ability to jump even yeah. higher yeah. and, and hit these, you know, other boxes. And I mean, it's fun. Like it's, uh, if, uh, if if you like things that like games that are on tracks mm-hmm. where you know you, you don't have to worry about you know running and it, you know it runs for you right and all you have to do is uh, all you have to worry about is you know avoiding enemies and mm-hmm. hitting boxes mm-hmm. and stuff I haven't gotten too into it sure but um, you know I just whenever I'm bored you know I'll boot it up and I'll I'll play for you know 10 15 minutes and it's it's fun, yeah. Which you know. is what it was designed, sure, to do with. I I would assume. I mean, it's yeah. a mobile game. I assume it's sort of milk like meant with that like pick up and play mentality. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely feels like that. That is, you know, just like any other Mario game, not meant to be taken too seriously. Yeah, yeah. But especially with it being mobile, you know, and and it's the whole thing of it is like on the go. Right. You know, it's just. You pick it up whenever you want you know if you're sure. bored or if you got some time to kill you you know boot up the mario game and i don't know it's a it's a lot of fun yeah uh, that's awesome so yeah um so yeah um so mario run was um their big mobile game for uh, mario which was super cool mm-hmm. <sighs> so and then we come to uh, I guess modern modern day Mario. Yes. Um, so taking the, off the switch. The Wii U was a flop, and Nintendo seriously wanted to get their market back. They seriously wanted, you know, um, and so you see a lot of the you see the seed planted with the gamepad from the Wii U, mm-hmm. which went on to become the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Switch, um, I mean, there's analysts that are thinking it might eventually outsell the Wii. It's doing so well. Wow. Yeah. So the Switch is hot. And it for good reason, because, you know, if you look at the current climate of gamers and people that play video games and stuff, mm-hmm. one of the biggest complaints is that we don't have time to just go home and, like, sit down on the couch sure. and play a game. Um, but they, but Nintendo noticed the mobile trend, mm-hmm. people playing a lot on the go. Um, so they had this like genius idea to give you the best of both worlds. Right. Um, and made essentially, uh, the first successful hybrid console, mm-hmm. um, in that it's, you know, a home console when you want it to be yep. and it's there on TV and it's you know that's exactly what it is it's a home console yep but as soon as you want to go and head out into the real world um it's as simple as going up to it and undocking it right and taking it with you yeah and it, and it's literally the perfect size and it's, like it, it's not too big and clunky mm-mm. it's not tiny the like, screen is a great size it's super portable especially mm-hmm. with the new switch light yeah that just came out um which is solely portable you can't dock it to your tv but um mm-hmm. if that but there's a lot of gamers that are like that who right. literally like they don't have time at home but like when they're on the bus commuting to work mm-hmm. or on their lunch break yeah um that's something that they love to do is to take it out and play a, a you know some whatever right um and so the switch has been insanely successful 
Um, and so one of the first title, one of the first big titles, I don't think it was a launch title actually, um, but I don't think it was far off, um, was Super Mario Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And oh my God. <laughs> so Super Mario Odyssey is essentially like a love letter to Mario. Mm-hmm. It is essentially a celebration of Mario's legacy um, that literally culminates in like a literal celebration at, at one point the climax is in this beautiful celebration of Mario and, and and it is just crammed with like fan service and nods to old games some small some really like I want to say it but if you've not played Mario Odyssey I would never want to spoil it for you but oh my god some of the late game stuff yeah oh my god it's amazing good, good stuff. oh my god it's I don't even know where to freaking start okay so um the name so every mario 3d game like i said essentially you have a companion character mm-hmm. 64 like i said was sort of the Likidu with the camera smart mario sunshine obviously was flood um galaxy i didn't mention you isn't you had a luma that was traveling with you like all the time mm-hmm. um and that's what allowed you to do your, your, like your spin jump move and that that sort of thing sure um it wasn't a very present companion nothing like flood but you did have a luma with you constantly 3d world didn't but odyssey um definitely integrated probably their best companion character in the form of cappy yeah um which is a genius and then then that's like you know every mario game has like a staple motif theme whatever um and that's the big thing with odyssey is cappy so what cappy allows you to do is you throw cappy at an enemy or an object or whatever Mm -hmm. and cappy will possess that creature or object and then you get to control it right which is so cool so like as a longtime mario fan what was so insane is that it literally it finally kind of put you in the shoes of these like enemies that you've been stomping on for years and years and years and you kind of quit just thinking about them Uh like goombas and koopa troopas right you threw your cap you threw cappy at him and then you literally became a goomba and then you'd walk around as a Goomba, and then, you know, and they all did things that, they all had, of course, abilities that you needed to get to power moons, Mm -hmm. because that was a big change, too. They're not power stars anymore. For the first time, you're not collecting stars, you're collecting power moons. Hmm. Yes. And contrary to other past games, they are everywhere. So, you know, I told you there were 242 stars in Galaxy. Uh-huh. I think there's like 800 plus wow. moons in Odyssey. That's a lot. It is staggering. So they're everywhere in Odyssey. Um, and what's so, you know, what what's so freaking cool. So in other past Mario games, um, you know, you, you get the star at the end of the level. And he does, like, his animation, you know. Right, right. And then you get booted out of the level. Mm-hmm. You know, you go back, and it tells you how many coins you got, and it kind of gives you a rundown of what you did. And then you have to jump back into the level to get the next star. Because um, usually something kind of changes or something like that. They kind of alter it a little bit. Sure. Odyssey is the first one to do away with that. Okay. Which meant you had total unbroken immersion for the first time. Um, no matter what you did... Um, you remained in that kingdom that you were exploring, and it was a godsend. Hmm. So you would, you know, you get to your power moon. You find a power moon just anywhere, 
Um, I mean, you always had to work for it. It was never just lying out in the open. Sure. But you'd figure something out. You'd get a power moon. He'd do a little animation, and then he'd drop back down, and you could keep going and just continue. Interesting. Yes. I never even really thought about that. Right, right. Because we got so used to it like that. Yeah. That you just don't even really think about it, I guess. A lot of people, I guess, just, yeah, like kind of fell into that as just like the normal Mario thing. Right. So for Odyssey to give you that level of just, you know... Independence? Oh my gosh. Right. To just go crazy. You know, you didn't feel as like, oh, well, there's a star. Awesome. Like, yeah, I like, get to beat the level, but I'm fixing to get booted out again. Right. Um, Cuts and, down on the, like, the constriction. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it gives you, like, total unbridled freedom, which has been a huge thing with the Switch in general, actually. Zelda did yeah. the same thing with Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's been a huge thing with the Switch, seemingly, with Nintendo. They've loved this idea of um, that sense of just unrestricted freedom. Right, um, yeah. And that's definitely present in Odyssey. So, yeah, there's collectibles and power moons literally everywhere. But anyway, but like I was saying, Cappy is the main draw here and and that's what's so cool about it it does return to that sort of uh you know super mario 64 super mario galaxy sense of like you know the kingdoms are all very different Mm -hmm. you know like a sand kingdom um you have a jungle kingdom and then oh my gosh you have one of the coolest kingdoms in the entire freaking world it's called metro kingdom and it's essentially a mario's take on new york city it's actually called New Donk City is mm-hmm. the name of the, of the kingdom. I'm actually picturing it right mm-hmm. now in my head because I, I haven't played it firsthand, but right. I've seen, you know, like online gameplay and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's just the coolest thing in the world. And what's what's really interesting about it is what some of the conversations that it's fueled, because this is the first Mario game that's ever shown a human. Right. And so you see Mario... We've always just seen Mario as a cartoon human Mm -hmm. like a a guy just you know he's a plumber but then you see him interacting with all these humans and he looks completely different you know Uh he's like short and he's all cartoonish and then the humans all look real and they're tall and and so it's humans yeah it's fueled this conversation of like what is mario yeah you know like is like what exactly is he yeah he's not as human as we kind of thought he was it's like pitted up against like yeah. mushrooms with legs right. and weird looking turtles right. like yeah he <laughs> looks pretty human yeah um given the status of you know a plumber with yep. you know legs and mm-hmm. a head and arms and a torso mm-hmm. but you know yeah pitted up against like things that are supposed to look human yep yeah it's it's, it's so jar but it works really well though with odyssey's just whole aesthetic Mm -hmm. it really it meshes really well but it has kind of fueled some fun conversations for sure about you know the nature of like what is mario right who is mario or specifically what is mario Mm -hmm. um so yeah aesthetically i mean obviously it's the most gorgeous mario game you can get your hands on it looks incredibly good the graphics are beautiful um, the capture mechanics are just so varied. I won't give too many away because those are fun little surprises when you get to capture certain things. Yeah. Um, but you know, some that a lot of people are aware, I mean, like during the trailers, like the T-Rex, you throw the cap on this li- the, like giant real looking T-Rex and then you get to like thrash around as this T-Rex <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> nice. Um, 
yeah, you you build a stack of like Goombas, you build a Goomba tower to like impress this like female Goomba. <laughs> I mean, like stuff like that. There's like the oh my gosh, one of the weirdest ones is early on in the Forest Kingdom. Um, there are these onion things, and you you capture them, and they're able to grow their stalks really really tall, and they okay. pop up. And, I mean, it, it, it's almost hard to explain. It's such a strange mechanic, but it works huh. so well. Okay. Um, It's just so creative with all the different things you... I think there's one point you literally capture a slab of steak in the food kingdom. Yeah. I mean, it is it is crazy. I mean, you can capture just about anything. Huh. Um, like zippers. There'll be like a giant zipper on the wall. So you'll capture the zipper and you become the zipper. And then you like run wow. around and unzip the wall, and I mean, it like is crazy. Um, so yeah, you know, the whole thing with Odyssey is just that whole sense of like unrestrictive freedom, um, completely nonlinear. Um, you know, because what's crazy is as expansive and like open as 3D Mario's have always kind of given the illusion of, they've actually always been pretty straightforward on like linear, like linearly speaking, they've always been pretty direct. You start right. here, stars here, you need to end there. And so, you know, and that's usually, you have some leeway, depending on how many stars you've had, you know, if you don't want to do this particular painting or galaxy or whatever part of Al Delfino, you don't have to if you have enough stars. So right. you could skip certain levels. Um, but otherwise, generally speaking, um, Mario levels have always been pretty um, linear. And that's something uh, that Nintendo definitely wanted to take away from Odyssey. They wanted you to literally walk into a kingdom and, you know, you can go for the main moon if you want to. Sure. Um, or you can hang a sharp right and take off that way. And there's going to be plenty of stuff over there that you can spend plenty of time doing. And um, like I said, same they did the same exact thing with Zelda with Breath of the Wild, um, basically saying here, you know, here's your end goal if you want to go ahead and do it. Um, but you know, y y there's no one's going to do that. Everyone's right. going to go off the beaten path because that's what we do. Sure, you know, that's what that's like how we as that's just how we think for yeah. some reason. You know, we see that there but then we're like but what's over here mm -hmm. what's over here we're all about doing you know people love exploring like that um especially in the safety of a video game where there's no consequences <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> I, I mean i can definitely personally relate to that feeling yeah. where, where i'm like okay like i know door there's door number one door number two and door number three mm -hmm. what if i pick door number one mm-hmm you know, I'm going to go ahead and pick door, door number one. Yeah. And turns out that that's, that's the right door. Yeah. But you don't want to go in quite mm -hmm. yet. Like, you want to see what else What's, is out there. Exactly. And that's exactly what Odyssey taps into. Mm -hmm. um, brilliantly. Um, and they just make every kingdom so fun to explore because they're all so different. Not only in that, you know, they all look different, but um, every enemy is different. It's not like you have reoccurring, like, Goombas and Koopa Troopas and, like, the standard enemies. Every, I mean, they they are reoccurring, but they have a much smaller role now. Now, every kingdom has its own distinct enemy types and mm -hmm. and um, NPCs that you interact with and stuff like that. You, um, for the first time, you can ditch Mario's red and blue classic getup mm -hmm. um, because every kingdom has its own signature outfits that you can wear. Okay. Um, so, you know, of course, like the snow world, you can get his like snow gear. Yeah. Um, 
uh, I'm trying to think. Oh my gosh, there's there. You know, uh, of course, on one of the beach kingdoms, you get like his swim trunks and like mm-hmm. a scuba suit. Yeah. Um, and so you know, they add that whole new that level of customization. Um, and oh my god, late game. Like I said, late game. Some of the outfits that you can get, like there's just so much, so much <laughs> fan service. Oh, I want to say it so bad, but I I don't want to spoil anything. Sure. But um, yeah, and and. One of the other really, really cool integrations is, like I said, it's a celebration of Mario. This whole game really is. Right. So what's so cool is there's also tons of these little sections where you walk up to a wall and there's a warp pipe or on the ground or something. And you go in the pipe and then all of a sudden this wall becomes a 2D original Mario Bros. stage. And it becomes... And then you literally have this entire like 2D Mario level to play on this wall to get to a moon or to get to a new area and it is the coolest thing in the world how they've integrated um and i mean like original super like nes old mario brothers right um yeah they they integrate these awesome little um short and sweet 2d mario levels um that he goes in these warp pipe and then he comes out of the warp pipe as like his 8-bit pixel oh wow form, and then you do the you do the whole 8-bit level um and it is just it's it's brilliant it's such a love letter to mario and you know for me who played the entire mario franchise in one sitting like i literally i put that nes cartridge in and said okay this is happening and i literally played every single mario game that followed up to odyssey Mm -hmm. um chronologically so to have all of those classics fresh on my mind right to play odyssey is like that climax was the most it was just it, i will never i don't think i'll ever have another gaming experience quite oh yeah like that. i bet it was pretty damn incredible oh my gosh i mean it could like you know like i said it i mean there there's actually a literal celebration at one point um <clears throat> Um, which they actually wrote a theme song for. It's the first time Mario ever had a theme song with lyrics, hmm. sung, sung by a like professional jazz singer and everything. Wow! Called Jump Up Superstar, and it is awesome. And, Interesting. Yeah, and if if you, when you get to that point, Mario will actually dance to it if you let him. All it right. is a joyous thing to behold. Oh my gosh! So anyway, um. So now yeah. I want to go buy a Switch. Oh my god. <laughs> that right there. I mean, that's why I bought mine. Sure. Literally, because I was, um, I got to the Wii U and, you know, I was wrapping up 3D World and I just kept seeing reviews for Odyssey and they were like 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. Like yeah. across the board, just people drooling over it. Like this is the culmination of Mario. This is like everything you want Mario to be. And I'm sitting there right. like, having played the whole franchise over the span of like months and months and months and mm-hmm. and like there's in game um i went to my local i went to my local yeah game uh my guy uh, at media rerun and I, I i bought a switch for that game so so had you um had the switch and um mario odyssey come out already by the time you got to the point of like okay i i just beat the the next to last game now i'm ready for odyssey Mm -mm. or did you have to wait i actually bought them together okay i was actually able to yeah he um uh again like i said it was a local thing so um someone brought their switch in and like as fate would have it he also brought in his copy of odyssey with the switch to trade in um at media rerun which is like a used store here in murfreesboro 
Um, so yeah, no, I bought my Switch with a copy of Odyssey with it. Um, okay. And yeah, went home. I think I I think I was either right about to finish on or 3D World, or I had just finished it because okay. it was perfect timing. Whenever it was, um, and yeah, and that was so that was my first Switch game as as it was for many. Um, yeah, it was a selling point for me. Of course, now the Switch library has grown to staggering size. There's a lot out there. Oh my God, the Switch's library is un believable right but that right there i mean if you if you needed any reason you know pick up mario odyssey pick up breath of the wild get mario kart 8 Mm -hmm. smash ultimate holy crap um i mean (laughs) with it's like 90 billion characters (laughs) what'd you say there's like upwards of 80 or 90 80 plus yeah Yeah. that's that's a lot and they've announced that they've got six more Oh, of course. Kind of, yeah. 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 It's, oh, it's, it's quite a step up from the yes. last time that I played, which was the 64 days. Yeah, like and 12 I, characters. Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds right. Something like that. Yeah, and I I couldn't name you all the characters <laughs> from the original Smash Brothers. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, Odyssey is, is the perfect cap. Although technically, I guess there's also Mario Maker 2. You know, we mm-hmm. talked about Mario Maker earlier. Um, so the most recent Mario game to come out on the Switch is Mario Maker 2, um, which is everything that you could have wanted um, from the first game and more. Uh, it is, uh, you know, they add all sorts of new um, pieces that you can add to your levels and stuff. Right. Um, but they also included a story mode where the the Nintendo devs themselves actually used the toolkit of the game and made their own professional Mario levels. Right. There's literally like a professional, insanely awesome, high quality 2D Mario game just included in Mario Maker 2. Probably the best to- modern 2D Mario game to date hmm. is the story mode in Mario Maker, to be completely honest with you. That's an odd concept. It's phenomenal. Because they got so creative. And, you know, because that's the thing, that's the problem that so many people have had with the new Super Mario Bros. series. Right. Um, is that they all just seem so samey. Um, but Mario Maker's 2 story was so just wacky because the devs just, you know... And because what was cool, too, not only was it creative, but it also showed you what the game could do. Mm-hmm. You know, they would do something with you know the, the the mechanics in the game and then you go oh i didn't know you could do that with that block or whatever and then you can implement that in your own levels right so it's actually a it's a tutorial in an, in in a way okay um cuz you're learning as you're playing the developers levels it is brilliant wow um so yeah i mean i guess to sum it all up you know i've talked about some pros and cons mostly pros but i know some of like the the new Super Mario Bros. series, you know, I'm you know, some people are more vocal about some of the the more negative aspects than others. I don't pay them much mind, honestly, most of the time, because really, when it boils down to it, Mario is the most recognizable video game character in the world for a reason. Mm-hmm. His games are phenomenal. No matter which one you pick up, you're going to have a freaking amazing time with it whether it's absolutely new super mario bros on the ds Mm -hmm. or odyssey or even literally like og super mario bros on the nes they're still a blast they're still it's amazing how those games have not aged i know they they 
it's incredible how they've mm-hmm. held up over over the years. Like, uh, and I, I think a lot of what has to do with that is what you were saying in part one about the groundbreaking mechanics of it mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. like responsive the controls mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. and how precise everything is. Like it just it just works. Like you know, and, and it and it works so well and. Um, yeah, just so simplistic that they play like a dream. They yeah. still play like a dream, and you know it's a great time too because with the indie resurgence, mm-hmm. there's a wealth of indie developers that are creating modern games, new games, but in that retro aesthetic for sure. With like the pixel art and like the chip tune soundtracks, mm-hmm. and just trying to sort of yeah. you know capture the magic of that era. So I think. With that scene coming up and giving people that sort of taste of that that vibe, that aesthetic, it makes it makes those old Mario games even more approachable because people are in tune with that. You know, people love that. You know, it's it's cool to go back and you know, um, you know, I've said you know I said in the in the collecting episode I collect for you know all consoles across all generations, but retro collecting is like that's my bread and butter. Yeah. Um, and. I don't know. There's just such a magic to those old games, those old NES. For sure. That whole era, you know, the N64 even, I just, there, there is a magic to those games. That, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Modern games, they have their own magic, but they're, but that's a special magic that those old games have. Um, and it makes a lot of them just kind of timeless. And none of them are more timeless than Mario. I yeah. mean, those games, I mean, you can put them under a microscope now. And, I mean, good luck pointing out flaws i mean you know so you know the games in and of themselves but also just what mario represents i mean you know he literally was like the savior of the industry had Mm -hmm. mario not come along i mean who knows where the gaming industry were would have ended up right anywhere yeah i mean it it was on the road to you know going the way of the hula hoop Mm -hmm. and being written off as a passing fad yeah um, and so he came along and, you know, literally single-handedly just about, you know, brought the industry back to the forefront and, and made it known, no, this was a huge industry. This is going to be huge. Right. Um, and this is a big deal. And, and, you know, it's like I've said before too, every major like revolution in gaming, whether it's like 3d graphics, precision game development, motion control implementation, whatever. Mario, he's always like one step ahead of everybody else. Right. Mario, he's always on the cusp of those like that next big leap, that mm-hmm. next big step in games. That, that's Mario, he's always leading the pack. Yeah. Um so, you know, we've we filled up two episodes about his, you know, and and we've only talked about his core franchise. We've not even talked about his yeah all sp- the spinoffs and stuff. Which, right. Oh my god! Once you get in that territory, that's it's a whole new can of worms. He's appeared in more games than any other game character in history. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. Yes. Oh, it's it's. it's I mean, just the, the the Mario Brothers mm-hmm. legacy alone. Yeah. Is is. Uh, staggering, yes. but all the the spinoffs, like, like I, I, you know, when I was doing the research and I looked at, ex- I was like, okay, like the Super Mario Brothers stuff, it's a lot. What else can be out there? Sure. 
holy shit. Yep. Like, there's yep. a lot yep. more out there. You factor in his RPG games, mm-hmm. you factor in Mario Kart, Mario Party, Mario Paint. Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Right. Paper Mario. Oh, my God. Paper Mario is so freaking good. Yeah. Um, I played that one. Oh, my gosh. I don't, I, I don't think I ever beat it, but... Oh, um, I yeah. love Paper Mario. I mean... It's I, unique. I could go on and on and on. But, um, no, like you said, even his core franchise is staggering. But what's even more staggering is that he's got a franchise that that's big and the and the quality is just unwavering. Mm-hmm. Every single... It's like, I, it's like I said, you can pick up any one of those games. And, you know, unless you're just in a mood, you ought to have a really good time with it. Cause, right. I mean, those games... You know, Nintendo, they're like the Disney of game developers. Mm-hmm. They're they're all about that broad appeal. No matter who you are, what age you are, you can approach, a, you know, a Nintendo game and just be that kid again. Right. And just get back in touch with that simpler time. Yeah. And that's just what Nintendo, to me, kind of represents. And I think that's why I am such an ecstatic Nintendo fan now. Yeah. Um, because... You know that's that's a happy place, and yeah. it, it doesn't get much happier than freaking Mario. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think you're you're alone in in that aspect and mindset is wanting to have Mario as um as kind of a go to for mm-hmm. you know reminiscent of mm-hmm. simpler times when things weren't so complicated or yeah. or and as yeah. a, as an escape you mm-hmm. know as video games are pretty pure much escapism. meant to do yeah pure escapism uh, but but mario especially is yeah. um you know staying the test of time just continues yeah. to to do that yep. for for you and i and for for everyone else yep. um but yeah i think uh, unless you have anything else to add i i think that's a great place to kind of bring yeah. this full circle and wrap it up yeah um yeah uh, but yeah, Chase, thank you so much. I, I know, like you know, you say that uh, hey, like I, I enjoy talking about video games, but like it's been an, an extreme pleasure on my part to have you for the third time now yeah, uh, in, 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 in the studio and, and talking about you know video games and Mario specifically, um, and just the the wealth of knowledge that you yeah. have to bring to the table um, and. To enlighten me and to li- our listeners, is, um, I'm forever indebted. So I greatly appreciate it. Well, um, and you know, anytime I can, you know, return the favor. If you start your own podcast, <laughs> I will come on as a guest. Dude, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, uh, thank you so much. Um, and listeners, thank you for tuning in. Um, as always, you can uh, look us up on uh, geekgaragepodcast.com. Find us on social media. Um, go subscribe to the podcast we're on Apple, Google, Spotify YouTube uh, basically any podcast app that you can think of, we're pretty much on there like I said earlier in the podcast we have a Patreon if you'd like to go check that out see what we have to offer in our two tiers we've got some cool perks for our donors so definitely check that out we have the, uh, of course we're you know you can check that out on the patreon website or on our website and we've got links there um and as always be kind stay geeky and eat lots of cheesecake bye